hello, hello, that's me this time. Good morning, it is a Tuesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Or as always, there's no good way if it's over here, it's too far away. If it's over here, it's kind of like in my face. <sighs> Got a lot of problems with you people. Good morning, Glenn Clark Radio, I'm Glenn, he's Griffin. Um, I was making fun of my buddy last night. I got my flooster shot, and everything. I, I asked for more. I was like, can you give me more shots? Everybody's sick right now, including Tyler Huntley, by the way. I hope he's fine today. I don't know, you know where he is, but he was sick on Sunday. They didn't even know for sure that he was going to be available. Everybody was sick. I mean, you saw the Ravens injury report last week. There was something going around. Sick of it, personally. I'm sick of everybody being sick, so I want all the shots. Like, rabies, measles, mumps, rubella. Anything you got a shot for, give it to me. I was asking for more shots than the Mike D'Antoni mid-2000s Suns. More shots than, uh, than Gary Williams would order at Bentley's after a win. More shots than Kobe Bryant would take in a game. I wanted all of the shots. So I, uh, we played John Proctor Trivia last night. And uh, I'm out with the, the fellas, and one of my buddies says, well, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. I said, really? It, the last one knocked me out. And I was like, what are you, some sort of small baby child? Like, What's wrong with you, you tiny man baby person? I'm fine. I'm a man. And then somewhere around like 12.30 last night, as I was trying to finish up uh, power rankings for PressBoxOnline.com, slaving over some hot internet, um... I don't know, dude. Like, my head started kind of spinning a little bit. Started doing a, a number. And I haven't fully, like, I'm still a little, I'm still a little weird today. A little weird. But I'm, uh, I'm still, I don't want, I don't want y'all sickness. Y'all are, y'all are way too sick. And I, there's nothing I like less than being sick. There is nothing. Some of y'all like it. This is the problem. Who likes being sick? Some of you, there are a lot of people that are like, I don't mind kind of a pause from work for a day. There are people that just, they like the idea, cuddle up in a blanket, it's nice. I can watch the movies and I can't sit watch on the sick. couch. F being sick. I hate it. I'm a very bad, God, I hate I'm a very bad sick person. I, uh, so I'm very dramatic. What, and whatever year it was, <laughs> the last time I got the flu, I just remember my doctor, like he you know, tested positive for the flu. And the doctor being like, uh, did you get your shot? And I was like, I did. And they were like, yeah, that's the thing. It was it was 80% effective this year, so you beat the odds. Like, <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, guy. <laughs> Appreciate that. Really makes me feel better. Um, so, you know, hopefully, hopefully I won't be joining you all now that I got that. But I am feeling a little odd today. Busy day on, uh, ahead. Today's show is brought to you by the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Save $100 when you use the code TAILGATE at ginsugrills.com. And, of course, every Ravens home game the rest of the season, stop by the Game Day Firehouse, 1202 Ridgely Street, just west of the stadium. Sample the cooking from the Ginsu Kamado Grill and register to win your own as well as $500 worth of grilling meats. Of course, the Ravens are away the next couple of weeks. They're not back home. Their final two home games of the season, Christmas Eve and New Year's Day. Um, of course, next week's game, we now know will be on Saturday afternoon, which is annoying because I was planning my family's annual Christmas adventure for next Saturday. 
I think we'll be able to do it on Sunday, but my wife has already given me crap about the fact that the next day is a school day and the kids can't be out. It like, thank you for ruining my 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 one day, my one day that I get to do Christmassy things with the. I mean, it's not the only day, but it's the day that we enjoy the most. <sighs> Very frustrating, not ideal, but yeah, the Ravens Browns game will be December seventeenth. Uh, Rita's going to join us in about 15 minutes. Um, not only are we going to talk some Ravens with her, but she's also going to be involved with an event. Um, you know, kind of trying to keep the legacy of the legendary Keon Carpenter alive, and I want to give her an opportunity to talk about that because Keon Carpenter was someone who meant a lot, a lot to me in my life. So I think it's wonderful what she's doing, and I want to talk that up. Um, ben McDonald's going to check in with us. The, the the Carlos Rodon rumors continue to percolate. Like, they're not going away. Of course, Justin Verlander will not be an Oriole as he is headed to the Mets, which allowed every baseball writer on the planet to make, planet to make the joke that the Mets are putting together the perfect rotation to lose to the Orioles in the 2014 AL Division Series. Which again, I enjoy. Don't get me wrong. Enjoy the shtick. Still wouldn't mind having Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander on my team. Like, still would be okay with that. Uh, but we'll talk to Ben McDonald about what the Orioles may or may not do. And I want to get his thoughts on whether, by the way, 10 million bucks, 10 million bucks for Cal Gibson. That's, that's real money. And it really kind of does make you wonder why they think he's the better option than Jordan Lyles. But maybe Ben McDonald can answer to that when we run it by him. Uh, also, this morning, as we do every Tuesday, we'll preview Waiver Wire Wednesday. Are Lamar Jackson owners starting Tyler Huntley? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what the other options are. I don't know what's out there. I, I'm, a, I got Aaron Rodgers now on a buy. I can play Daniel Jones or Deshaun Watson. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I might pick up Tyler Huntley. Try Tannehill, maybe. Quarterbacks yeah. are a nightmare. If you think tight ends are a nightmare, I did sneak ten points out of Taysom Hill on one play last night, which was neat. Yeah, I needed uh, him to not get twelve, and uh, yeah. uh, that's exactly uh, what I did. I lost by a tenth of a point. Ooh, because of Taysom that is Hill. a rough yeah. feeling. Rough yeah. feeling. Uh, if it makes you feel better, I lost all of my bets last night. <laughs> all of them. All every single. I mean, literally every single one. Jeremy said to play the over. There was some parlay that Fanduel boosted last night that didn't hit, and. Uh, I played the Buccaneers to cover, and then at one point when the Saints were up 13-3 to and it looked like they were about to score a touchdown, I just sprinkled a few dollars on the Saints. <laughs> All of them. Every single one of them a loser. You got to let me know loser. when you place a bet so I can yeah, just immediately. The I yeah. can just immediately well, I mean, fade. it's not always that way. It's, it's been not, that it's way been for a, about no, a week. No, it's been it's been that way. No, I had a good night last Wednesday night. I had a really good night betting okay. basketball, but maybe I should just stick with basketball. Maybe that's what I need to do is just make basketball my thing because football is not not going well. Um, and then yeah, we'll also talk to Patrick Stevens today. Maryland's got a big one tonight against Wisconsin. We will preview that with uh, our guy Patrick Stevens as the Terps uh, number thirteen in the AP poll, number six in the net rankings this week. We will talk to him about that and what they should expect from the Badgers. So that's all on the way. Uh, give me a minute here. I, I mean, I have nothing else to say about the football game last night. I, the Buccaneers, I guess now, are in the clear to try to win the NFC South, but I have no confidence in them. Like, I have no faith that they'll win other games that they play when they're not playing NFC South teams. 
they barely won last night. It's sort of insane. Two things that were insane to me. All the, the, the coaches from both teams are very bad. They're very bad coaches. I feel bad. I want Todd Bowles to succeed. I get it. There's still an issue with hiring black coaches in the NFL, but he's a very bad coach. And you can say, well, hey, it worked out. His decision to not punt. The second decision to not punt is far less questionable than the first one. The second one, they were on like their own 20-yard line faced with fourth and ten. Like It's very much a reasonable decision. You can say, well, there's only five minutes left or whatever there was. The, you can argue the Saints weren't doing anything defensively. Clearly, it worked out. So it's easy to say now it was a good decision. But in the moment, that one makes way more sense than being at the opposing, what was it, 43-yard line on the previous drive and having fourth and, and manageable and deciding you were going to punt and net 20 yards in the process because the punt goes in the end zone? There's no way around that. That's bad coaching. There's no, well, hey, it worked out. No, no, that's bad coaching. You don't get to say, well, we got lucky that Mark Ingram decided to run out of bounds a yard short of picking up a fourth da- or first down and when he did not need to. And so all of the decisions were good. It don't work that way. And then Dennis Allen at the end of the game just deciding not to bother to call his timeouts when the Buccaneers were going down to score and making sure that they didn't have any time left with the ball. It's just coaching malpractice all over the place. I mean, that is, that's, that's, it's drunk. There's 30-some seconds left, and they got the ball first and goal. Maybe start calling timeouts because the worst-case scenario is you didn't need to do it, you get the stop anyway, and you just need to take a knee. It's insanity. Dumb, dumb football. But next week we get Patriots-Cardinals on Monday Night Football, so that game matters. Yeah. Big one. Big one next Monday night. Um, you get to see Hollywood Brown in prime time. Sure. I'm, I'm sure you got to imagine. Like, imagine being Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Like, you, <laughs> you left for Monday night football. And then they're like, eh, we got you Patriots-Cardinals. It's a good game last night. You know, didn't, Tom they, Brady, didn't they just uh, have the Cardinals like two weeks ago in Mexico City? Like, they have so much Cardinals late in the season on Monday night football. Like, what, what was the thought process there? We're just going to load up the schedule with the card America's team, the Cardinals. They didn't even have – they literally got the game in Mexico because they're the team closest to Mexico, and there were like 10% Cardinals fans there because they were inundated with 49ers fans. So weird. Um, give me a minute here. I, 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 there's nothing else for me to say about that. I mean, we didn't really learn anything. John Harbaugh essentially confirms that Lamar Jackson won't play this week. I mean, he didn't – fully confirm but he essentially confirmed that Lamar Jackson won't play this week which I think we were feeling that way anyway the real question is again exactly what the injury is is Dr. David Chow correct about the PCL and um, you know what the time frame will be when Lamar Jackson might return the secondary question is can they survive with Tyler Huntley in games that I to me are going to be trickier than the Broncos the Steelers and the Browns are trickier games to me than the Broncos are. I, I get it. Nobody's living in fear of those football teams. But particularly being on the road, I'm worried, flat out worried, about the Ravens playing divisional opponents on the road, both who have been plucky, who have been better 
than their maybe overall talent suggests they should be. And we'll see if Deshaun Watson can get into form in the next couple of weeks. He clearly did not appear to be against the Texans on Sunday. But that's his first game in some time, so we'll see how that goes. I'm very nervous. I mean, extraordinarily nervous about these next two weeks. And if Tyler Huntley's playing in both games, I, I would outright pick against the Ravens in both. It's the reality of it. Y'all can, you know, maybe they can game manage and defense their way to it. Uh, look, maybe I got to think about this a little bit more and look through it. They, they, that's what they're going to do. They're going to try to game manage and, and 2,000 Ravens their way there. But they're not running the ball nearly well enough for me to have faith in it. I, I do think that as much as we, as much as they have kept everything in front of Tyler Huntley, and that's a good thing that they've kept everything in front of Tyler Huntley, I do think the more you ask him to throw, the more risk there is of something like the interception on Sunday. <sighs> I just don't like it. I don't I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. I, I hope that there is better news coming for Lamar Jackson, but it clearly does not appear as though it's going to be this Sunday. So they will have to try to figure a way through it. Now, all that being said. I need a minute here. Uh, final push to help us help the Helping Up mission. Few things. Number one, we're doing the bull pick'em contest. I finally, Brian Powell set it up last week. I finally got into it yesterday, so I can finally start inviting folks. Very simple. $20. We will build up a pot. 50% of it goes to the winner. 50% of it goes to our Helping Up mission drive. Much like when we did our World Cup draws. But this time, you don't have to, you're not at the mercy of the draw. You get to pick all the games yourself. You just go through every bowl game and you just pick a winner. That's it. Very simple. There's a tiebreaker, I think, for points in one of the games. Whatever it is, one winner at the end. Winner take all. Well, sorry. Winner take half. Half to helping up mission. Need you, if you're one of our crew, start letting me know you're in. Send me 20 bucks. You know the deal. Glenn Clark 180 on PayPal. Glenn Clark on Venmo. Dollar sign Glenn Clark Radio on Cash App. Send me 20 bucks. Let me know who you are. You're in. You're in. I will send you the invite for the Bull Pick'em contest. We will. I, I'm not going to let it get out of control because I do want people to have a chance to win. I'd like to get at least 250 bucks from this. I'd like to, uh, two, sorry, 200 bucks. So I'd like to have, you know, 20 people. If we have demand for significantly more than that, we'll go. I won't go past, you know, 50 people. I don't think we've ever done 50 people. I, th- I mean, I've always tried to keep it to a number where it feels like everybody has a chance. So get in. Even if you don't know anything about college football, don't give me that crap. I don't know anything about college football. I don't know if you saw my picks. Clearly, I'm not the guy. You let me look at the, some of these bowl game matchups. By the way, let me let me let me let me tell you how much I know about college football. Um, uh, hang on a second. Hang on one second. And here we go. Here are the here are the the, the bowl games. 
Miami, Ohio, UAB. Ooh. The hell am I supposed to do with that? You pick the winner. Uh, who knows? I mean, is Trent Dilfer coaching UAB in the bowl game? If if he is, I'm going with the Fighting Dilfers. But I don't think he is. I think that he's going to wait till next season. Texas, San Antonio, and Troy. Apparently, oh, beep, both, beep. both ranked teams. Take UTSA, for sure. Uh, most of America disagrees with you. Roadrunners, Roadrunners. 53% of people are going with Troy. Cincinnati, Louisville. They're literally doing like a coach swap thing in the middle of the season. How am, I, how am I supposed to pick that? That game's being played at Fenway? Yes. You see both teams are on the same sideline? Uh, no, but that, I mean, that's, that's happened a lot <laughs> in baseball stadiums because they just don't have room on the other side. Um, the oh, Jackson State, North Carolina Central. I assume you're picking Jackson State there, but like, are all the players transferring out now that Coach Prime's gone? I have no idea. Does this say the Jimmy Kimmel Bowl? Uh, yeah, the L.A. Bowl. The L.A. Bowl is the Jimmy Kimmel L.A. Bowl. They just, look, man, the, the point of this being, I don't, I don't know at all. This is not for college football experts. This is for us dummies. And it's for charity. 20 bucks gets you in. You pick the winners. You see how it goes. That's it. That's all. All right? Again, Glenn Clark 180 on PayPal. Glenn Dash Clark on Venmo. Dollar sign Glenn Clark Radio on Cash App. Let's get this thing filled up. It is our... our penultimate opportunity to raise uh, money for the um, the helping up mission. And I say it's penultimate. There's two other things we're going to do. On Monday, December 19th, Drew Forrester and I are going to hang out over at Glory Days Grill across the street here in Towson. We'll be there from 6 to 8 p.m. If you would rather donate items than money, that's fine. I mean, if you'd like to do both, we can take both. But um, if you'd rather donate items than money, then what we'd like you to do is come hang out with us on December 19th. We're just going to be shooting the breeze. We've done this every year for I don't know how many years. We'll just be shooting the breeze in the side room at Glory Days Grill, 6 to 8 p.m. on Monday, December 19th. Bring out any toiletries, you know, packs of underwear, things along those lines that can help the folks at Helping Up Mission Tuesday, sorry, Monday, December 19th. From 6 to 8 p.m., please come join us at Glory Days Grill. We are asking for you to um, just you know spend some time hanging out with us. It's our opportunity to sort of mingle. A lot of times this happens every year. Dude, let's just go grab a beer. No problem. That's the night. That's when we're available. Come hang out with us. We'll shoot the breeze. We'll tell stories of the old years, of whatever it is you want to do. Monday, December 19th. And then we're looking at Thursday, December 22nd for doing an in-studio party to kind of celebrate the holiday. And I'm working on something final with Jeremy Kahn for that. But if somebody's willing to donate a good number, like say 200, 250 bucks, then you're probably going to get the opportunity to come in and get drunk with us that morning uh, and hang out for our holiday party. So I'm still finalizing those details right now. But right now, for sure, what we know, bull pick them. Winner take half, 50% to the Helping Up Mission Drive, and Monday, December 19th, Drew and I will be hanging out at Glory Days Grill here in Towson. So that's what you need to know for our Helping Up Mission Drive. Get on it. No excuses, and I, and I swear I'm going to start calling you all out by name. I didn't have to necessarily for the, um, the, uh, the raffle because you guys filled it up. Oh, we should pick a raffle winner today. Maybe I might do that. Maybe I'll uh, leave that up to uh, young uh, MC Ernest. A little bit later on today. 
So that's all that's all floating around up in the uh, old ticker. And I wanted to make sure you all knew that. And I'll get the details up a little bit later on today at glennclarkradio.com. Cool, cool, capiche. Today's show also brought to you by UMBC Athletics. The Retrievers are a wagon, man. Got some big games coming up Saturday. They take on Morgan State at the peak on New Year's Day in America East Championship game rematch with Vermont. UMBC is putting up points. They just went up to Lehigh and hung a big number on them after uh, scoring about a billion last week against Coppin. Get your tickets right now, umbcretrievers.com. The women are taking on American coming up on December 18th as well. Again, umbcretrievers.com in order to get your tickets. She is, of course, my co-host every uh, Sunday, or most Sundays when she's not bailing on me on uh, the Baltimore Game Day Uncensored post-game show over on 105.7 The Fan. You also know her from Gridiron Gals, from Winning Drive, at the NFL Chick on Twitter. She is my homie, the NFL Chick, Rita Hubbard. She's back with us now here on GCR. Uh, what's going on, friend? How are you? Good morning. How you doing? I'm, I think I'm doing better than when you saw me on Sunday and my face looked like it was about to explode. I think I'm doing slightly, <laughs> slightly, slightly better than that. Uh, got a little, got a little out of control on Sunday. I was in a, I was in a weird, I was in a weird place afterwards, Rita. Right? Because I, I kept going back and forth with people on Twitter, and and at some point I wrote about it. Like at some point, if if we were willing to be reasonable and have a reasonable conversation, I I probably would have ended up finding common ground with this person. Yeah. Right. But it's just not reason. We're just saying asinine things, right? Like we just say mm-hmm. absurd things for the sake of saying it. About you know, uh, you need to hold somebody accountable. Like hold. Some- what are you talking about? So I, I, I get. It's a weird feeling that I have, and I talked about it ad nauseum yesterday. The feeling I have is the Ravens are facing a reckoning if they can't get this thing figured out over the next few weeks. And what we're well, the feel- reckoning is coming, right? And that's what you just said is what what we're feeling is there's no way that they can, right? Like that we've got enough yep. evidence. There's no way that that we can. We have to be fair that they get the opportunity to, like they get again. Remember how we felt in December of 2012, right? Like it it was over. Um, like I, they get the opportunity to say, hey, if we can get Ronnie Stanley back out of the field, if Lamar's not out for very long, if you know, if if Gus can be like Gus, if J.K. Dobbins can come back. We're not out of time yet to figure out a way to make it work. But if they can't, and to your point, I agree, I think it's unlikely that they will, then there needs to be a reckoning of some sort when this season is over. And that's not, to say firing the coach, that's still an absurd way of thinking to say, well, you know, all, all they ever do is win, but it's time to fire the head coach and move on and hope somebody else can do better. But it's about the philosophy of the organization. It's about the thought process of, like, everyone that's on board with devaluing wide receiver, not wanting wide receivers, and thinking it's time for that to go. And if, and if the, you know, even if John Harbaugh is not okay with that, then you do have to have an awkward conversation at some point, right? Like, that, to me, is a reasonable way of talking about it instead of saying it's time to hold someone accountable for a team that's 8-4. and four. Yeah, because what if the person that you need to hold accountable cannot be uh, cannot be held accountable? What if the what if it's the owner? <laughs> like, 
what, like, what, what do you do when the person you feel needs to be held accountable is the owner? And, and, and I don't know this. This is a hypothetical question, okay? But you and I have talked about this, like you said, ad nauseum before about, yo, it's very possible that this is not a John Harbaugh thing, that this is not, I mean, what wide receivers did the Ravens have when Brian Billick was here that made you say, oh, my God, they cared about wide receivers? I, I don't know one, quite frankly. I mean, Demarcus Robinson's uncle, Marcus Robinson, played here. And he and he wasn't even – I mean, like, I don't even remember his tenure here much. I mean, you know what I'm saying? So what if it's not the head coach? What if it's not even the GM? What if they're just doing what they're told to do, which is we're an organization that wants to keep the time of possession, that wants to, you know, run the ball and, you know, do some play action. And, you know, I have a couple of skill players here and there that are, are, are pretty cool. But, you know, not re- you know, not really. The Ravens have always invested in tight end, ironically. You know, you had Shannon Sharp. You drafted Todd Heath. Yep. Eventually, Dennis Titta was a guy. Yep. Uh, and then you know they 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 trade they drafted Hayden Hurst in the first round. We, I mean we can forget it happened, but it did. Yep. And then obviously Mark Andrews became the star once Hayden got hurt. So it's ironic that you know they feel like tight. Listen, that philosophy worked twenty years ago. That philosophy doesn't work anymore. So I, again, I don't know if the people that we need to hold accountable is the person you can actually hold accountable because they write the text. We don't know any of that. Yep. So that's the that's the I mean because listen, two years in two years in a row, right? They drafted wide receivers in the first round, which I don't ever recall happening back to back. So some you know EDC is trying to do something a little bit different that wasn't done in the past. Marquise Brown, I don't want to say it didn't work out, but clearly on his side he didn't feel like it worked out. He asked for a trade. We don't know what Rashad Beeson is and like. And it's, and it's tougher, too. It's tougher, too, because you know who the other receivers were that went after Marquise Brown that you, you could have had, right? Like, it's even tough. Even to say, okay. like, it, it, it worked out. Like, he was productive. And it's wrong to say he wasn't productive. He was productive, but he wasn't, he wasn't DK Metcalf. He wasn't A.J. Brown. He wasn't, you know, Debo Samuel. Like, insert name here yeah. of the other receivers you could have had in the same draft. And I think that's the frustrating part. Yeah, Rita, your point, you know, again, is is well taken. It's not... It'd be wrong to say they've done nothing, but it's also we all know that they've clearly, as an organization from top to bottom, not prioritized wide receiver. And 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 yes, that this is the difficult part. The difficult part is, I, I as I keep poking around, it's no one person that's winning out power. This I got into this absurd conversation with a group of of Ravens fans yesterday or on Sunday and, and Monday, where like they're somehow convinced that John Harbaugh wields power over Eric DaCosta. Because he's been around for so long, <laughs> and like he has control. And Eric DaCosta been here longer. Eric DaCosta has been here. It was I literally had to say something at one point. Like somebody kept telling me John Harbaugh's been here for 15 years. I'm like, both the owner and the GM have been here longer than that. Like, in what world do you think he wields the most power? And again, I don't even need to report it. I don't even tell you that. Like, I know that's not how it works because you you can't be this obtuse. You know that Eric DaCosta was in serious demand for eight to ten legitimate NFL GM jobs and wasn't sticking around in Baltimore to find out that he was going to have to be a puppet for a head coach. Like, it's insane, that thought process. 
They are all mm-hmm. on board with this. This is not one person wielding some sort of power over someone else. They all have decided that this was the route they wanted to go as a franchise in lockstep. They decided they wanted to go that route. And again, they you know there's still time right now, but I don't think it's wrong for us to say loudly, okay, and as I said before, this Greg Roman thing is going to come, it appears, to some sort of natural conclusion in the, the coming weeks. One way or another, it feels like it's coming to that conclusion. That presents the yeah. absolute right opportunity to step in and say, now it's time for us to overhaul our philosophy. I, I, I just think that we want to blame somebody. And I agree with you. I think it's a little bit more complex than like saying one or two people. I just don't think, I just think when you look at the history of this organization, it tells you a little bit more of what it is. Should the philosophy be updated? 120%, right? Like we are at passing league now, whether you like it or not, you cannot go, Hey, what we're not going to do is go back to the Flintstone time. That's just not going to happen. Is the run game obsolete? Not at all. Nobody's suggesting that, right? Time possession still does matter. Running the ball still does matter. But you have to have wide receivers on the outside that can force mismatches. You have to have a quarterback that can throw the ball to said uh, receivers on the outside. That's what the league is now, whether you like it or not. And no, nobody in the Baltimore Ravens is going to be on a crusade to try to change it back to something that it, it's not going to be. It's very possible that it, 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 at some point, right, it does have like a short period of where it goes back to that, but it will be a very short period, Glenn. I do not see them going backwards. So what do you do? You have to adapt. You have to adjust. Whether it's you, the owner, Bashadi, whether it's you, Eric DaCosta, and Ozzie Newsom, because Ozzie is still there mm-hmm. and he still helps, whether it's you, John Harbaugh, whoever it is, somebody has to say, when do we get with the times? When do we update what the philosophy is? You know what I'm saying? Look, the Constitution even updated themselves. Didn't they tell you one time you <laughs> weren't supposed to have liquor? Then they turned around and said, never mind, you go ahead and have liquor. Do you celebrate the Prohibition so Day? The or Constitution whatever? Yeah. Yeah, right. um, I'm just making the point. I'm with I'm I'm with you. you. Know. I'm with you, Rita. And it, it look again. They get they get one more chance. This is it. They get these next few weeks, and it just I I don't feel good about it either. Rita's with us here on on GCR. I don't. Uh, that okay. So give me your. Let's just say it's two weeks for Lamar, right? Like let's say it's Steelers and Browns that he's gonna miss. Uh, one to ten, your confidence that they can stay afloat for these two games with Tyler Huntley playing quarterback. Fifty-fifty. Yeah. The one and, and and so the one thing I and and I say that because when you look at the defenses, um, and particularly the front lines of both of these teams, there is concern, right? T.J. Watt is actually is at, is back, and you know the Browns front four is, is has been good. The one thing that I do think works in the favor of this is that Tyler Huntley does not hold the ball long, and so he will find a way to get the ball out of his hands fast, which should be able to help neutralize the defensive line for both the Steelers and the Browns. I just don't know. If you take Mark Andrews out, which I assume everybody's going to do from this point on, um, what exactly is the backup plan here, right? And and because you can't, you can dink and dunk all day, but eventually somebody they're going to get, they're going to you know get a hip to it, right? Um, Tyler Huntley 
is not a huge, a, a great down thrower. I think that that's fair to say. Um, so, you know, what's the plan once they start, you know, trying to jump those, those, those short routes, right? Uh, so obviously that means that a deep ball is there. I just don't know if he has the ability to consistently go downfield, you know, uh, for for two games in a row. They clearly don't again, want him to, I, you know, like, I, and I, and that's the tricky part, right? Is it that they don't want him to yeah. because he can't, or is it they don't want him to because they just think doing the other thing is a better option for him? And and I don't. Oh, they they all one though. That's going to happen because remember in the Rams game that that's what happened, right? Like, I mean, the, 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 they were consistent with what they were doing, but then he threw that one ball mm-hmm. down the field and it was a pick. It was mm-hmm. just and it was mm-hmm. like, well, what are you throwing to? Like, I'm confused. So they're going to try, right? And honestly, if the defense gives you the coverage to do that, you do have to try. You can't just keep doing one thing. I just don't know how successful it's going to be once they once they put that play in and ask them to do it. Yeah. So I give it 50-50. You know, look, the Steelers' defense, uh, offense, is, although they've gotten better the last few weeks, they're still not really that great. Um I don't know what Deshaun Watson is really going to do in terms of, you know, being the quarterback with the Browns. He's been out of – he didn't really have a great outing against the Texans, who isn't even that good. So, I mean, you know, it's it's a crapshoot at this point, Glenn. And um, I just think that, you know, what will happen is, is that pe- look, people are going to be upset, and that's fine. You, because at, at, But I don't know how much upset you're going to be because the guy that's playing under center is not going to be the guy that is that – is technically the starter of this football team. So they have to change the, the how they view this game because of the, the, the guy that's behind center has changed. They don't have the same exact skill set in terms of throwing deep ball, in terms of, you know, having the, the flexibility of having all these option routes and such. So, I, I, you know, look, the defense can keep them in games, and that's why I give them yeah, 50-50. But they, they desperately have to figure out a way to start running the ball again. I mean, if they're going to survive this, to me, uh, it's either yeah. they, either they're going to run the ball or they're you know they're not going to like I they can't do what they did on Sunday against the Broncos and survive again. I think these two teams are better than the Broncos, so if they can't figure out a way to get any sort of production from their running backs again, it's you know, I, I think you get your answer. Then it's hopeless. It's hopeless to win these games without getting some amount of balance in the run game in the next two weeks. But, you know, I, don't, I completely uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. And we know the Broncos defense is far better than they, you know, uh, the rest, the other side of the ball in Denver, which is <laughs> All right. So the real reason I wanted you to call in this morning is because you're doing something. Um, I've talked a lot about how Keon Carpenter was someone who meant a lot to me and taught me a lot about being a man and being a leader and being a father, frankly. Um, he was someone that, uh, would send me messages randomly, just checking in on me, like when I became a father. Um, and losing Keon Carpenter was a loss for this city that I, I don't know that the average person understands how painful it was, particularly because he wasn't here full-time um, any longer. But what he, his commitment and what he did for so many people is significant. So seeing you partner up with um, Keon's foundation really means a lot to me. Can you tell me about what it is that you're doing? Yeah, so, you know, we're partnering up with Keon Carpenter's uh, Foundation, the Carpenter House. Um, we, you know, again, you you mentioned how great Keon was as a person, and he meant a lot to me, too. Fun fact, Keon and I were going to do um, a podcast um, oh, before wow. he died. Oh. Yeah, yeah, we, we had a couple of meetings about it, you know, and we were really excited about it. And, you know, so obviously that, didn't ever, that never happened, but... 
you know, I mean, he just loved talking about sports and, you know, and, um, you know, we were both trying to get ourselves, you know, our feet into the sports talking world. And so um, just didn't happen. It's unfortunate. But anyway, we are having um, the Flywire uh, is having the holiday party with a toy drive. And um, they were asking for people to bring new toys or clothing, uh, uh, $20 or greater for children ages, infants to 18 years old. And, of course, the proceeds will provide um, Christmases for families in the Baltimore area, as Keon would have liked. So, um, yeah, Marcy asked me to, you know, could I put my name on it? And I was like, absolutely. You know, I told, everything I just told you, I, I told Marcy, you know, I, I, I love Keon. I thought that he was a fantastic person. And so if I can help continue his legacy, um, that's just a small part of what Keon would have done while he was here. So I'm excited for that. It's next Thursday night, December 15th, correct? Yes, it's next Thursday. It's at Euphoria. Um, and look, even if you don't, you don't have to come in. You know, you don't look because I, you know, who parties on Thursdays? What we do in this city, okay? Sometimes <laughs> we want to get out. But if you want, if you just want to drop it off, you can always um, contact me. You know, Glenn, if you're able to be a yep. contact and yep. you can get it to me, that'd be perfect. Um, or if you're in the area, um, it's on uh, 1301 Parker Street. You can just come and just drop it off because um, there will be, you know, um, availability to just, you know, drop some, some items off. That would be great. Um, you can contact me at the NFL Chick uh, on Twitter um, and Sarita, Sai Rita on uh, Facebook if you are interested in, you know, getting up for it. Or if you know Glenn personally and you want to give it to Glenn, I can get it from Glenn. Yep. So, um I just want to thank everybody in advance that, you know, even if you're thinking about doing it, look, uh, sometimes the thought is, is, is what gets the ball rolling. And so uh, we truly appreciate it. And we really want to try to make some families Christmas a great one like Keon would have done. It's awesome. Rita, I love you. I love that you're doing this. At the NFL Chick, of course, Gridiron Gals winning drive. And I will see you this Sunday for the Baltimore Game Day Uncensored yeah. Post Game Show. Appreciate you, friend. All right. Talk to you then. That's the NFL Chicks, Rita Hubbard, with us here on GCR. Don't forget, still great offers available at pressboxonline.com slash offers as you're signing up. If you signed up one place, maybe think about taking advantage of, like, you know, $100 in free bets from Barstool after your first $10 bet or $1,500 in risk-free bets from Caesars. Pressboxonline.com slash offers to sign up today. Ben McDonald joins us next. We'll talk about the winter meetings, what the Orioles may or may not do, Kyle Gibson, all that, Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. 
experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code TAILGATE. That's ginsugrills.com. Reserve yours today. UMBC basketball is back at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena, and tickets are available now at umbcretrievers.com. Don't miss any of the great early season matchups as the men take on local rivals Morgan State on December 10th, and the women square off with American on December 18th. And on New Year's Day, a rematch of last year's America East Championship game when the men welcome Vermont to the peak. Experience the excitement of game day by getting your tickets right now to come see the Retrievers at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Lock yours in at umbcretrievers.com. Join the Maryland Jockey Club at Laurel Park for Christmas Tide Stakes Day on Monday, December 26. An exciting day of live horse racing awaits you with a whopping six stakes races worth $600,000 in prize money. Plus, enjoy a specially curated stakes buffet, a delicious hot chocolate bar, and hot cider cocktails. It may be cold, but Laurel Park has plenty of horse racing excitement, food, and beverages to keep you warm. Don't miss Christmas Tide Stakes Day at Laurel Park. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcast. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon, right here at Pressbox Sports. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing... We'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. It is a Tuesday edition of GCR. Winter meetings are underway out in San Diego. We learned last night that the Orioles deal for Kyle Gibson, one year, $10 million. Obviously, uh, Justin Verlander is off the market, and Trey Turner is, of course, off the market as well. I don't think that any of us really believe that Trey Turner, but it was sort of the pie in the sky if they really were looking at a shortstop option. Why not Trey Turner? I think some most of us would have said, we like that even better than Carlos Correa, who is also still being connected to the Orioles, as is Carlos Rodon. Take all the Carloses. Give me Carlos Rodon. Give me Carlos. Is Carlos Santana available somehow? Either one. I'll take either Carlos Santana. Let him come play smooth for an hour before every baseball game. I'm all in. 
Uh, joining us now to talk about what the Orioles may or may not do at these winter meetings, he is our friend, Mr. Ben McDonald from Masson, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Ben, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up as always, sir. Happy holidays to you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, man, anytime. I tell you what, uh, warm down here in the south, down here in the yeah, Baton I, I Rouge bet, area. I bet it's, it's nice. Like 82, 83 degrees right now. Like, it's really too yeah, warm. Like, yeah, I don't, thank you. I don't thank like you, the ben. cold, cold thank weather. You. Thank you. But 80... 83 is just out of whack for December. Yeah, I'm re- just going to tell really you. Really appreciate it. Really now, appreciate it, buddy. We get close to the baseball season. I'm okay with 83. <laughs> you know, but other than that, everything's good, man. I appreciate, always enjoy hopping on with you guys. Always enjoy, uh, you know, talking O's baseball. Winter meetings are an exciting time, you know. And so I think we're all as Oriole fans, right? I'm a fan, too. As an Oriole fan, I'm hoping there's a big move somewhere along the way. No I like the Kyle Gibson move. And then we signed Kyle Gibson the other day to a one-year contract. Veteran guy, 35 years old career war of uh, over 14 which is really good so uh you know nothing against jordan lyles but a, but a slight upgrade from what jordan lyles was for the orioles last year jordan lyles had a wonderful year for the orioles last year but kyle gibson over the course of his career has been a good bit better than jordan lyles so this is definitely an upgrade it makes the pitching staff better he's going to come in and chew those innings up that the orioles desperately need i think i went back and looked at his 10-year big league career he's had 29 or more starts in what seven out of 10 years so He's been a durable, healthy kind of guy. He's going to bring a lot of experience to a younger pitching staff. So I think it's good. Now, what do you do from here? That's the biggest question. And where do you address the needs? I think we can all agree we need a – we need a, maybe not a number one, although we'd love to have Rodon. But I think you need a solid number two or number three to kind of put around Grayson Rodriguez, put around Kyle Bradish, put around Tyler Wells. And then we'll see that's, you know, that fight for the fifth spot. Who knows where that's going to go? I mean, uh, certainly Dean Kramer had a wonderful bounce-back year last year, I think. You know, D.L. Hall should be in that mix as well, depending on how things go in spring training and others. But, you know, I want to see the Orioles pull the plug. But I just don't know yet, guys. Like, I don't know if the Orioles are ready for a Carlos Rodon-type commitment for me yet. I don't know uh, as fans were ready, right? Like, as fans, like, we're saying, hell, yeah, let's do this, you know. But I don't know if the Orioles are ready to spend that money yet. It almost feels like I still think we need a left-handed starter in that rotation just because we know John Means isn't going to be ready, and we know probably – D.L. Hall, I, you know, I'm not sold on him as a starter just yet. He may benefit the Orioles better in that bullpen where he can come in and pitch, you know, two games of a series or something. So we may not have a left-hander in that starting rotation come April. So I'm kind of still eyeballing like a Sean Mania type player, like a real number two, real number three type of player that you may have to go out and give a three- to a four-year contract for, say, $13, $14 million a year. But I think it would certainly help a young pitching staff for sure. So we'll see. I think you just covered everything, Ben. I appreciate it, man. It's good. To- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, we haven't that, started talking about know, offense right? yet. We got to get right? the offense. Too. Well, let, let me let me go back to Gibson for a second, right? Um, obviously, in 2021, when he was in Texas, he was great, right? Like he was outstanding. Um, you know, the time he spent in Philadelphia the last couple of years, n- not very good pitching to plus five ERAs. I think the argument, and you bring up the comparison to Jordan Lyles, is get him here, get this defense behind him get that wall behind him, those numbers are going to improve. Are you confident that the difference in Kyle Gibson can be the defense in Baltimore and that wall in left field? 
Well, I would just take you back to Jordan Lyles. What was Jordan Lyles' career ERA no before he became yep. an Oriole? Yep. It was well over five. He pitched to a four point, what, five or six ERA last year in Camden Yards with the outstanding defense with the different ball. I think any pitcher, and that's got to be a huge selling point. There was a time, obviously, you could not get a free agent pitcher to hardly come to Baltimore. If you did, you had to really overpay him because, obviously, it was one of the most hitter friendly ballparks in all of baseball. I know because I pitched there for six, you know, for some years. And so, difficult place to pitch. Now, all that's changed now. Now, that attracts free agent pitchers in a big way. Because if I'm a pitcher looking back, I'm saying, okay, what about your defense? Well, you got a gold glove type player in center field. you got a gold glover at shortstop type player. Ramon Urias did win the gold glove. I think Gunnar Henderson is as athletic as anybody I've seen. Mountcastle is a, a converted first baseman now over there that's actually playing really, really well and getting better. you got Adley Rutschman behind home plate. I love the defense the Orioles are going to throw out there. Now, you factor in the wall out there in left field. It makes a difference, and I really think it could almost shave a half a run per game off of anybody's ERA that gets to pitch half his starts in Baltimore. So I think it's a big attractive, the wall and the defense. I think it will attract pitchers down the road. Uh, but the Orioles got to get where they're winning a little bit more. And of course, they got to address the offensive needs as well in that ballpark. So Ben McDonald is with us here on GCR. You bring up Manaya. Look, everybody wants Rodon, right? Like he's the guy that we circled around. Sure. To your point, that's the problem, is that everybody in baseball wants Rodon, right? Like there's he's the guy. He's the guy to go get. Right. Um, you bring up Sean Manaya. If you don't go the Rodon route, if you go the Manaya route, you're not you're probably not talking about a true ace of the staff, right? Like Rodon is your chance to get no. a true ace of the staff. Is that is that important to you, or are you maybe more confident, hey, at some point Grayson Rodriguez is going to be an ace of the staff. It's not critical that the guy that you sign is definitely a number one because you're of the belief the number one is coming, and within the next year or so we're going to be talking about Grayson Rodriguez like that guy. 100%, and I think that's what the Orioles are banking on is that Grayson Rodriguez, and all indications are – that he will be a number one. I don't want Oriole fans to think he's going to step, because I fully expect Grayson Rodriguez to make the club out of spring training. I fully expect him to be in the rotation. But we got to remember, there's going to be some growing pains. Now, you, me and you have this conversation two or three years from now. Let Grayson Rodriguez get about 500 innings under his belt. Sure. Let him go out there and experience the big league level. Let him have success. Let him fail. I think you're going to see a true number one two or three years from now. But I don't think that's going to happen this year. But... You can put Kyle Gibson in the mix. You get him to tootle and tutor. Uh, you know, Grayson Rodriguez, Kyle Bradish. Remember, all these guys, I mean, Kyle Bradish hadn't put a full year in the big league. Dean Kramer doesn't have a full year in the big league yet. Uh, Tyler Wells had a full year as a reliever, you know, and got hurt down the stretch. So it's still a very young pitching staff in a lot of ways. You look at the age, you go, oh, they're not that young. And that's true. But from an experience standpoint and being there and have done it several years, full seasons, we're very, very young still. And so – there's going to be some growing pains this year. There really are. You know, I hope the bullpen can be as good as it was last year. What a year the bullpen had last year. I hope the Orioles go and upgrade in some ways and maybe pick up one more piece of that bullpen, uh, you know, sometimes in free agency. But it's, it's going to be a growing year again for the Orioles. And I think, you know, the bar was set high. Obviously, nobody expected the Orioles to win the games, a 31-game improvement. And now there's a lot of expectations that are out there, and, and that's the truth of it. But it's still a very difficult, very difficult, difficult division. The American League is very tough. And so I'm excited about this year, but I'm also 
cautiously, I guess, cautiously optimistic in a lot of ways to understand that baseball can be a very finicky type game. And you could almost take the same exact roster you had last year, and it might be 10 games worse this year. We hope it's not, but it could be 10 games worse than what it was last year, you know? And so that's just the truth of baseball. But I do like the move with Gibson. I think that's a step in the right direction. But I'm like you, if we can't, if we can't entertain the Rodon type market and true number ones, we got to go out and I think still and get a two or a three, have a good solid two or three or a Manaya or a Tyone or somebody like that yep. to run out there and, and group with this young bunch. And I think it gives you a real shot in this ballpark. Now, how do you address your offensive needs? You still yeah. have to get better as far as I. And so I think the Orioles have, and I said this on social media, I, I, you know, I like Cody Bellinger. Everybody thinks I'm crazy, but I'm just looking at Cody Bellinger going, all right, he wants a one-year deal only. His agent has said that. That's not a long-term investment for you. Uh, the fact that he can play first base, an above-average first baseman, the fact he can go play center field, he can play the corners. I like to gamble on Cody Bellinger because it's only a one-year gamble. And he's left-handed, obviously. That's what you need. Yep. And look, it may be the perfect place for Cody Bellinger to come where there's less attention, right? You're out in L.A. or you go to the New York market. We know you're answering to 30 or 40 media people after the game. You come to Baltimore, man, look, it's pretty laid back. Like, there's five or six guys you're talking to. It may be a spot that Cody Bellinger can really flourish, right, and really get back intact from when he had – an MVP-type season. So I like that move. I think it addresses a lot of your offensive needs. You've coupled him around Adley Rutschman, Mountcastle, Henderson, Santan there. And, look, it's a hell of a lineup for the Orioles, and it could be the difference maker. And here's the plus to that. If for some reason, I hope this doesn't happen, the Orioles do fall out of the race come trade deadline, and Cody Bellinger is having a really nice year, all of a sudden you have a trade chip to go out and add even more prospects to your roster or to your organization. So that's why I like the Cody Bellinger. Now, listen, I wish we'd go out and sign uh, Trey Turner. Like, I wish we could have got him, right? Uh, and, and I think with Correa, that'd be great. Like, I'd, I'd give up everything to take Correa, right? But that's probably not going to happen, just like Rodon's probably not going to happen. So what do you do and how do you piecemeal it together to you really, really think you have a real shot of winning, which I still think, guys, is probably another year or two away. Yeah, you know, it's an interesting Ben, – Ben McDonald with us here on GCR. And by the way, uh, for those that didn't see it, apparently Cody Bellinger is working out with the holidays, which is really interesting. Like, hopefully um, Jackson and Matt Holiday are maybe putting some words in his ear about, like, hey, you know, Baltimore yeah. wouldn't be a bad place. Uh, you hope there's some recruiting going on there. But it's it's an interesting thing you bring up because I, I kind of wrote a column about that where I – I just don't know how confident I am about next year being the year. The Orioles, you know, we were just talk, chatting with Eve Rosenbaum the other day, and she said, look, we are absolutely determined to put a playoff team on the field. In, in and I, look, that's what they're going to say. They need to say those things, right, after the Orioles had a good season. Right. But uh, there is still a lot of question there to me. I guess the question, you know, you bring up Bellinger. If the Orioles don't take a big swing of some sort, and I'm not, you know, again, to your point, we're not talking about it having to be Carlos Correa or having to be Carlos Rodon, but if they don't take a swing of something maybe a bit more significant than a Kyle Gibson, is, is there a risk of maybe there being disappointment for this team that's growing together that maybe from the outside would say, we're close, dude, just give us a little bit of help, and we think we think we're ready to get there. Could there be an internal disappointment if the Orioles, obviously the fan base is going to be disappointed because we're fans. We're, you know, we're crazy, man. You know how this goes. But right. like, could there right. be an internal disappointment with this group that like, hey, do you not believe that we are on the precipice of doing something here? 
Yeah, yeah I, I think that does factor into it. You know, of course, as a ball player when you're on the team, right, you want the best players, right? You, you want the best players out there to join your team because you know deep down inside it gives you the best chance of winning and the best chance of getting to the playoffs. I think there's a lot of excitement in Birdland. I think a lot of these young players, you know, are, are, are excited. And, look, let's be honest about something. The Orioles – uh, have had some lean years. We know that. This team is tired, and this organization is tired of getting beat up on. And now they're starting to punch back in a lot of ways. And I saw this team start to grow last year. I start to see these guys get hit by pitches and all of a sudden talk smack back to the pitcher, where in years past, they just took their medicine and they went down the line. The Orioles ain't putting up with it no more. And I see them growing in a lot of ways and saying, you know what, we're tired of getting beat on. Now it's time for us to start beating back a little bit. And I saw the Orioles really start to punch back last year. I give Brandon Hyde a ton of credit for that because he brings that internal toughness to this team. Like, we ain't taking it from nobody no more. And that's kind of been the word for the Orioles out there. And look, Teams are starting to sit up and take notice of the Orioles. I mean, Dennis Eckersley, I got a chance to visit with him. We were in Boston this year. He said it best. He said, Ben, there was a time we saw y'all on our schedule and we played y'all 19 times. We went, okay, we're good for 13 wins against the Orioles because they're a bunch of pushovers. He said, now I look at this team, I look at this organization, I look at Brandon Hyde, and I see y'all on our schedule, and we go, whoa, we're in for a hell of a fight. And I think the rest of the league stood up next year and said, you know what, last year they said, the Orioles are not taking it anymore. So it's, it's a respectable team now. But as a player, I do want to go pull the trigger. But I also understand in some ways where we are right now. And we punched back for the first time, had a hell of a year last year. And I think the team thinks they can still win. But th- this is what I love about this team. Whether you give them a Carlos Rodon or Carlos Correa, or you go out and you sign a Sean Manaya, or you don't do any of that. This team has a lot of fight in them and a lot of want to in them. And so they're going to go out and compete no matter what the situation is. This young ball club is going to go out and compete. And how can you not be excited about going to watch Andy Rutschman put in a full year? How about how about Gunnar Henderson, man? I don't know. I don't want to get too excited about a kid, right, because I'm, I'm cautious. I know how difficult this game is. But, damn it, when I look at, when I look at Henderson, guys, it scares me potentially how good this kid can be. Like, it's like if he's anything close to what he showed me in a sample size last year, it's scary. Like, it's really scary. And so I get excited about Connor Norby and the year that he had over there, Colton Cowser and Heston Kerstad, who was the MVP of the Arizona That's Fall right. League, That's Grayson right. Rodriguez. You know, I start looking around, man. I start going, man, I like what I'm seeing from the Orioles right now. But I will, and I do agree with you at this, there's still pieces that the Orioles – you know, let's be honest. If you're going to get the playoffs today, you're looking at, what, 88 to 90 probably wins, 91 wins. That's what it's going to take to be the last wild card spot every year. That's how competitive and how good the American League is. So how do you go about How do you collect six more wins along the way somewhere? going to be hard to do. And so I'm hoping there's some moves made by the Orioles. I think Mike Elias is a genius. I love where he is. Who knows what liftoff means now? I know it got kind of redefined yesterday in some ways. Uh, and so I don't know how much money there is out there to spend. But I know this. If the Orioles have another good year this year and fans keep putting their fannies in the seats, and I hope they do, I think the Orioles are going to continue to spend money. Now, what does that mean? How much money? I don't know. But I still say the future is very, very bright in Birdland. I'm looking forward to 2023. Man, this is I, I could do this for 20 minutes every day, my man. Uh, at Real Ben McDonald on Twitter, of course, is how you follow him. You can see the pictures of him in his uh, Christmas PJs watching Yellowstone on Sunday nights. <laughs> I, I love it. Uh, dude, uh, I don't know if we're going to talk again before Christmas. I hope you, your family, have a very Merry Christmas. I truly appreciate well, all the time Merry you take Merry Christmas to you as well. Yeah, man. Merry Christmas to everybody in Birdland. I miss you guys. Look forward to it. Spring training is going to be here before you know it. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be down there, of course. And so, 
Go Birds, man. Go Orioles. And uh, I'll be sitting back like everybody else watching the winter meetings with my fingers crossed in a big no way. Doubt. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. That's Ben McDonald. He's the best. God, I love that guy. He's a ten and a half every time. Told you. That's why you go do Thanksgiving with Ben McDonald's family. Told you that a couple weeks ago. Hour number one in the books. Uh, if you missed it yesterday, speaking of the winter meetings, stay in the fan. Ross Grimsley and Luke Jackson sat down and kind of had a winter meetings powwow roundtable on Facebook Live, facebook.com slash pressboxsports. You can check it out there or find it youtube.com slash pressboxonline, pressboxonline.com slash video. We'll preview waiver wire Wednesday. You picking up Tyler Huntley if you're a Lamar Jackson owner? Joe Serpico, Pressbox fantasy football analyst, will tell us that next. Glenn Clark Radio. Join the Maryland Jockey Club at Laurel Park for Christmas Tide Stakes Day on Monday, December 26th. An exciting day of live horse racing awaits you with a whopping six stakes races worth $600,000 in prize money. Plus, enjoy a specially curated stakes buffet, a delicious hot chocolate bar, and hot cider cocktails. It may be cold, but Laurel Park has plenty of horse racing excitement, food, and beverages to keep you warm. Don't miss Christmas Tide Stakes Day at Laurel Park. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com. Glory Days Grill great food good sports that first sip that first bite mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at royal farms choose from a fantastic selection of fresh royal farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world at royal farms breakfast is available day and night it's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, keep listening to this show too. 
Again, great offers still available at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, including $200 in free bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet or $1,000 in risk-free bets from BetMGM. But these aren't going to last for forever, so you need to go right now to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers in order to take advantage. Um, if you didn't see it this morning, Chuck Clark has been named the Ravens nominee for this year's Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. And if for some reason, if for some reason, you just so happened to miss the Tyus Bowser show with Chuck Clark a couple weeks ago, I would encourage you to go back and take a listen to it, watch that, and see what it is that Tyus had to say about just how important Chuck Clark is to everyone in this organization. Um, I thought it was a really powerful, one of the more powerful things that I've I've heard this year. So I'd really encourage you to go check that out from a couple weeks ago when uh, Chuck Clark was Tyus's guest for the Tyus Bowser Show. It's Tuesday. That means we need to find out what we can do to save ourselves going into the final week of the fantasy football regular season. Where can we find some help if, say, we're a Lamar Jackson owner? Joining us now, Pressbox fantasy football analyst. He's our buddy Joe Serpico, and he's back with us here on GCR. Joe, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm trying to stay uh, dry in this dreary Baltimore today. Miserable day. Miserable. And I work outside, so these are not fun. That is wretched. (laughs) Just absolutely wretched. Well, Speaking of wretched, um, I think some people tried to play Deshaun Watson at quarterback on Sunday. That didn't go so well. Um, I think a lot of people are Lamar Jackson owners. Let's just start with it. Is is Tyler Huntley any sort of viable fantasy football pickup for this week? Yeah, I think he absolutely is. Uh, the offense doesn't change a whole lot with him back there as opposed to uh, – in years past where they had kind of a statue as a quarterback, now with Huntley back there, they can kind of operate the offense uh, similarly. I mean, based on what you hear from some people, he might be the better reader of, you know, when he's gone through the progressions, he might be a better passer. I don't necessarily believe that, but there are people that do say that. Um, But I do think just because, like a lot of the better fantasy options, just because of what Huntley gives you on the ground, uh, he's definitely a weapon in for fantasy purposes, and it doesn't always look pretty. I mean, look at Jalen Hurts last year. I mean, he had some games where he looked god-awful, and then this year he's become a bona fide MVP talent. Um, so, yeah, anybody that can really give you something on the ground is definitely worth starting in fantasy. So if you are a Lamar Jackson owner and there's really not much out there for you, Tyler Huntley is definitely an option. I'm starting to think about it. I have a uh, I have a league where I have Aaron Rodgers, Daniel Jones, and Deshaun Watson, and I might still need a win in order to get in on Sunday. And I don't feel good about obviously Aaron Rodgers is an option. I don't feel good about either Daniel Jones on Sunday or Deshaun Watson. Like there's a part of me that thinks I I might do the thing where I have to carry four freak. I'll probably drop one of them. I'd probably drop Daniel Jones for the week. Like I I don't know, man. I just don't feel good about Daniel Jones or Deshaun Watson. I might be picking up Tyler Huntley in that league. Oh, I don't fault you for getting rid of uh, Daniel Jones. I believe they're playing the Eagles this week, so yeah. that's a tough. Uh, yeah, that's a tough matchup to go against. That secondary, that defense as a whole is uh, is pretty elite. Uh, as far as Watson goes, I think what we saw last week was just a case of him being rusty for not playing football for I think it was close to like seven hundred days or something like that. 
Um, so I think that's the whole reason why he looked the way he did. Um, I do think that he's going to kind of round in the form. I do think it's going to take a couple games. Uh, and obviously at this point in the season, for fantasy purposes, you don't really have a couple games, especially if you're trying to, uh, to fight to get in. But I think that within the next, like, let's say, week or two, he's going to be somebody that can maybe win you uh, games in the fantasy playoffs, which is kind of crazy to say that we are almost there. But I do think that, you know, if you lost Jackson or if you were in a super deep league where you had Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, I would say Huntley and Watson are definitely two guys that you can consider putting in that position because, I mean, you kind of mentioned it, you know, Aaron Rodgers this year kind of stinks. Russell Wilson was another guy had high hopes and hasn't lived up to it. There's, you know, there's a handful of guys, even Tom Brady last night didn't look pretty, uh, even though they got the win. But, yeah, anybody who gives you something on the ground, and that's something that Watson will do, obviously we've seen that from Huntley. So those are guys I trust a little bit more than, say, some of the other names we just talked about. How about uh, let's move to wide receiver. How are you feeling about Jahan Dotson? I've always been a fan of his. I'm not typically a fan of guys that come out of Penn State, but I've always been a fan of his. Uh, he does everything that you want as a receiver. Now, the only the only thing that kind of messes his fantasy value up is the fact that he's also got Curtis Samuel, who's kind of their draft of all trades, that gets looks out of the backfield, gets looks as a receiver, and then their number one is obviously Terry McLaurin. He's looked a lot better as of late, that being McLaurin, with uh, Heineke under center. But as far as, you know, as long as Heineke is under center, it looks like that any of those three guys can uh, put up fantasy numbers. Now, am I relying on him to be my number two? No, he's more of a wide receiver three flex play. But Dotson definitely is a part of that offense. And at least the first couple of weeks, he was getting uh, touchdowns on a regular basis. And you kind of hope that that's, uh, that's the case the rest of the way because there's only so many receivers that the opposing team can cover. Uh, anybody else at receiver that could be of help this week? I'm going to bring him up again. Darius Slayton keeps uh, putting up big numbers. He also for... keeps dropping balls. He has this weird thing. Yes, <laughs> yes. but also you got to think back in the day, you know, Terrell Owens was known for dropping a lot of balls as well, and he was probably at the time maybe between him and Randy Moss were the two best uh, fantasy receivers you could find at that time. But, yeah, as long as you're getting peppered with targets the way that Slayton is, he is fantasy relevant. There's nobody else on that passing game that is getting any other looks. And then while I have him in mind, uh, Nico Collins for the Texans. The Texans are going to be throwing a lot. They're behind just about every game, and that's the situation. I almost feel bad for them. They're playing Dallas this week, and Dallas is coming yeah. off a 54-point game. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so the Texans will be throwing it early and often, and it seems like Brandon Cooks has kind of been fully getting phased out slash once out. Uh, so Collins has kind of been the guy that's picked up the pick up the slack, and again, it's hard to rely on the Texans anything right now, to be brutally honest. But they're going to be behind early, so you expect them to throw the ball a lot. So Collins could be a guy that's a buy receiver three or a flex option as well. All right, he is Joe Serpico, press box fantasy football analyst. He's with us here on GCR. Uh, Joe, at running back, are we now accepting that the Zonovan Knight thing is legitimate? Yeah, no. We talked about it last week, and was kind of let's wait see what's going to happen with James Robinson once he's healthy. But it looked like 75% of the snaps went to Knight. So you almost have to think that, okay, this is his job uh, for the time being. Now, the only thing that scares me is when does Michael Carter come back? Uh, so I'm using a waiver claim on him, but I'm not going too crazy unless you've got you know a, an abundance of uh, 
fab money at the end of the season here. Uh, my concern is, yeah, he might be the guy this week, but who knows when Carter comes back how that's going to play out. By the way, he's played these past two weeks. You would have to think that he's going to be part of the offense the rest of the way. Uh, I don't think they can now just basically hand it back over to Michael Carter once he's healthy, but then I also think that that's going to be probably a 50-50 split once Carter comes back. So, yeah, uh, these next two weeks when you're in these critical weeks where you need to win, if Carter's out, absolutely play night just based on what we've seen these past couple weeks. Uh, but when he comes, he being Carter comes back, it's kind of hard to trust Knight then. And if Kenneth Walker is going to miss some time in Seattle, is there any is there any help to be found there? It feels like that's way too much of a committee at this point, right? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Just because, I mean, they've already lost Penny to start the year. Now they lost Kenneth Walker for foreseeable future. We'll see how long that is. Uh, Travis Homer was inactive with an injury. DJ Dallas got banged up. Uh, they were so banged up at running back, though, that they had to force him back out there, even though he was a little hurt. And then they have, uh, I believe it was Tony Jones, who's basically their, their fifth running back. So it's really hard to kind of trust anybody out there. The hope is, obviously, that nothing too serious happened with Walker. But if, you know, if he misses a couple games, it sounds like it's going to be Dallas's job, at least for the time being. Um, but again, you know, we've seen it countless years now with the Seahawks that unless they have a bona fide one, which was Lynch, and then it's been Walker this year, yep. uh, it's kind of hard to trust any of those running backs in Seattle. All right, now to tight end, where I finally played the tight end roulette wheel, and, and, it, and it worked out for me when I used Taysom Hill this week. It was the first time all season that tight end actually like came up came up GC because uh, Taysom Hill in one play came away with 10 points, and that was enough for me given how just abysmal tight end has been. So great news, there's no Taysom Hill next week because <laughs> they're on a bye. So any suggestions? Well, this is the first week where I didn't put a tight end in my waiver wire pickups because, like, it's been such a dark throw. Like, I don't know what options to give people anymore when it comes to the tight end. I mean, even general, this week for tight ends was pretty bad. Even Kelsey, you know, who is yeah, otherworldly. Mark at the Andrews, tight end yeah. Yes. Yeah. None of, nobody at the tight end position this week had a good week. I, I, honestly, uh, Hill might have ended up being the top scorer. I didn't get to look at how that kind of played out this morning. Um, but, yeah, as far as trying to find a guy this week, I really don't know what to tell you. It's just been, my God, it's just so hard to predict this whole season long, especially coming into a year where we thought there maybe we could have three, four, five guys that would be like bona fide studs. And it's one, it's Kelsey. And then there's a drop-off between Andrews, and then there's a major drop-off after that. Um, but so if you're looking for a guy to – Spot start this week. I don't remember who I put in my article. Uh, Logan Thomas is somebody who I know I've mentioned in the past. Uh, Noah Fant, maybe somebody I haven't mentioned a whole lot lately, kind of seems to be getting back into the good graces of Seahawks offense. Um, I've mentioned Evan Ingram in the past, but I mean, any of these guys, you know, just take a dart, throw it at a board, and just plug them in there and hope for the best because yep. tight end has been absolutely brutal as a whole this year. Honestly, I think there's you can be more reliable on certain defenses than you can on uh, the tight end position. Yeah, like the guy that uh, decided to stick through it with the Patriots defense last week while I picked up the Browns and kicked his ass because, I mean, literally. There you go. The singular reason why I won is because he decided to stay committed to the Patriots, and I said, hmm. 
I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to look elsewhere. And that was the singular difference. All right, uh, Joe. Anytime you can pick on the Texans, you're good to go. Yeah, it does seem like that's probably the play. The rest, I don't think the Cowboys' defense is likely to be available, unfortunately, in most leagues. I think they are probably claimed. But, uh, yeah, that is uh, that is the group to have. All right, uh, at Joe Serp on Twitter is how you follow him. You see his stuff every day, PressBoxOnline.com. Joe Serpico, appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? Absolutely. You guys take care. Thanks, man. Joe Serpico, PressBox Fantasy Football Analyst, joining us here on GCR. All right, we continue along on a Tuesday edition of the program. Today's show also brought to you by ooh, the print issue of PressBox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. We're about to talk to Patrick Stevens about Maryland basketball, among other things. And you see on the cover Kevin Willard, the head coach of the Terrapins. We didn't know it was going to go this well, but we talked to Kevin Willard about the job he was inheriting, really lengthy sit-down, and probably quite relevant considering how they're playing at the moment. Go get that right now. It's only available for another week or two, and then it'll make way for our annual best of issue, which will hit newsstands, including our MoGaba Sports Person of the Year. So, again, go get that right now with Kevin Willard on the cover. When we come back in, Patrick Stevens joins us. We will discuss Maryland-Wisconsin tonight, as well as UMBC putting up a billion points, all sorts of stuff in the college basketball world. That's on the way. Glenn Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 105.7 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, December 13th at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, 5506 Harford Road. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. 
Game, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com Glory Days Grill great food good sports check out jeremy khan's daily picks at pressboxonline.com as he tries to find you daily winners and speaking of winners here's a man who once won a media curling contest and i don't think anything else he's glenn clark micah whatever you can do i just need and they need to be even right because there can't be an advantage to any of these sheets of paper so i need 25 sheets of paper i guess cutting will do the best to keep it even 25 sheets of paper cut into fours, and then those individual pieces of paper numbered from 1 to 100. You got that? You're picking out the winner for us today. That's the way it's going to go. Mike is going to pick our uh, raffle prize winner today. Hi. Back in here on GC. I was trying to explain that during the break, but uh, it bled over. Today's show brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com today for deals from your local Toyota dealers. Maryland basketball, fresh off a huge win over Illinois on Friday night, continues this uh, difficult December stretch as they travel out to Wisconsin tonight. Let's talk about that. The rest of the thing is going on in the world of college hoops. He is our buddy from the Washington Post. You follow him on Twitter, at Discourse, D1S Course. He's Mr. Patrick Stevens, and he's back with us here on GCR. Patrick, good morning. Thank you, as always, for taking the time for us, my friends. And thanks for having me, as always. You know, you we, we tweeted a little bit on Friday night. You told us last Tuesday, hey, the pace could be an issue. And early on, it definitely stood out to me, like, oh, boy, Maryland's not going to be able to stay at this pace. But you brought something up that maybe the pace wasn't even quite as crazy as you thought it was, and it definitely seemed to me like that was one of the things they were able to do to slow down the pace. I know Kevin Willard mixed up the zone look in the second half and kind of threw Illinois off a little bit that way. It it seemed like there was a lot of coaching involved in Maryland <laughs> pulling out a very nice win on Friday night. <laughs> Yeah, you know, how about that? Um, It was, uh, yeah, I I think first off, uh, you know, one of the things Kevin Willard talked about after the game was how, you know, they kind of tweaked things uh, after the first media timeout. And clearly they were using some, it was weird because I I spent most of the, most of the first half trying to figure out exactly what sort of defense they were using. Because it was one of those things that it looked like a matchup zone, but maybe wasn't entirely a matchup zone. And he certainly was not forthcoming on what exactly it was. Uh, you know, coaches and all. Uh, so I, I would I would say that they they certainly were able to. Uh, there, you know, you mentioned the coaching. The, the interesting element to that was, you know, if you think about how things would have been a year ago, uh, well, a year and a week ago, anyway. Uh, basically, they would have doubled the post and they would have dared Illinois to either shoot shoot you know shoot them out of a situation or you know just basically say you're not going to throw it into the post and. and and essentially say, well, you know, <laughs> if you can, good for you. And 
you know, Willard's approach was you're not even going to get it into the post because we're going to harass the heck out of you out on the perimeter. And they did a great job of it. Uh, and they did a good enough job of it in the first half that when Illinois invariably adjusted, they weren't able to quite, quite make as much hay as they would have liked in the second half. Uh, so I, I was impressed with, with that showing. And I think it also is kind of one of those reminders that it's such a, you know, the whole, the whole 20 game league schedule and all that is such a slog uh, you know, I don't know if anybody's going to go much better than 15 and five or something along those lines this time around. And that goes for Maryland too. Right. Uh, you know, being able to pick off a team like Illinois, who I think is going to be one of the best teams in the league, uh, regardless of what we saw on Friday night. Uh, that's a great feather to have in their cap already. Uh, the question is, is can they, can they, uh, you know, pick off a few road games along the way too? I, mean, I think uh, one other takeaway from Friday is that that was, that was the largest crowd that they'd had post-pandemic. Largest crowd since that Michigan game to close out the 2019-20 the season. And if they're already at that point now where they've got things cooking excitement-wise, you can imagine that if they simply remain in that top tier of the league uh, a month from now, a month and a half from now, uh, that, that that place is going to be uh, a real hornet's nest for people to have to go into moving forward this right. season. And credit to the school who obviously stepped up and said, "Let's let's make sure and uh, slash ticket prices and and did some things to try to drive out a massive crowd." And I think they do deserve which credit. Which, which honestly, you know, honestly, I, I, and when I sit there and I I've looked at some of the some of the crowds at football games, that's sort of the question I ask. At yep. some point, you've got to slash the tickets, yep. ticket prices, right? Just get people in the door and, and take their money in parking and take their money in concessions. And hope that they have a good enough time that they want to come back and pay more the next time. Yep. Um, and if you're if you're Maryland, obviously it's a no brainer to do that sort of thing for a game like around Christmas against a non conference opponent where you're going to have plenty of empty seats anyway and the students aren't there. Uh, but to be willing to, to to make that push there, that that's that's some forward thinking I think on Maryland's part. Um, I, I think the other question that I have after w- watching this early season stretch is. Why in the world was Jameer Young at a lower level? Like this kid looks like he belongs. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I he's been a little bit better in aggregate than than I than I guessed he would be. Yeah. I, I thought the one thing that you were definitely going to get out of him uh, was you were going to have somebody that could handle the ball and do what he was told. Like when you think about where Maryland was at last year, you had a guy that could handle the ball in Fats Russell, but he Fats Russell was Fats Russell, like the. the his style, getting downhill, using his speed to his advantage. That was what he was going to do, whether that was what Maryland needed him to do or not. Sure. Uh, and so I think Jameer Young is, is pretty well dialed into what Kevin Willard wants. And I think that's one of the things that, that stands out about the entire rotation. Is, is You get the sense that, that everybody's clearly on the same page. And I think there's probably a little give and take here, too. They're playing in a more fun style. It's, I still don't think it's as fast-paced as a lot of people would like to think that it is. Um, but at the same time, I think on offense, they are trying to push the pace a little bit. When you look at those average possession lengths, uh, they're certainly a, a little bit further ahead on that front on the offensive end than the defensive end. And so I, I think that by giving that, by giving a more appealing style, I think guys are more willing to do things for a new coach coming in. And of course, you know, you're trying to please the guy who's in charge all of a sudden. It's not, it's not old hat or anything. And then there's the whole winning that helps back all that. doesn't hurt. So, you know, so you mentioned, you know, with young that I thought that was as well as he played this season, the other night against Illinois. So, 
But you also look at guys like a Hakeem Hart. I mean, listen, he's not going to hit five threes every night. No. But I think I think we're seeing probably the best extended stretch for him the first month of the season that we've had uh, the chance to see throughout his career. Now, I'm impressed by the fact that they got five points and seven rebounds in 29 minutes out of Julian Reese, and he had foul trouble, and they were still able to lead almost all the way through for the last 30 minutes or so. Great point. So, Great point. Uh, you know, if he's playing better, and, and, and frankly, you know, that, that was, I don't think, the easiest matchup for him. There, I think there's, there's harder ones out there. Uh, but, you know, they're going to get better games out of him in all likelihood than what they got on, on Friday. And that bodes well for them as well. So the other thing I kind of take away, you know, Ian Martinez continues to give them a nice boost off the bench. They, they don't need him to be a superstar, but if he does what he did the other night, which was eight points and two rebounds in 20 minutes, uh, and did have a couple turnovers in there, but, but generally speaking uh, was a pretty useful piece uh, and even blocked a couple shots in there too, really good defensive plays. Uh, that's going to help them a ton as well. Uh, and Patrick Stevens is with us here on GCR. To your point, uh, it's going to be critical for them to get you know better minutes for Juju Reese because the one area it still seems to be front court depth, which would be mm-hmm. a concern. And you know, at some point they're going to have to play Purdue. Um, that, <laughs> yes. that's, that's going to be and Michigan too, obviously with Hunter Dickinson. Yeah. Um, all right. Let Let me get to Wisconsin tonight. Obviously, whenever you know Maryland fans would think about Wisconsin, they think about low scoring games and. You know, they have played a lot of those this year, but they've the last couple of times out, there's actually been a bunch of points scored. I happened to watch the game against Kansas on Thanksgiving just because it was early in the day, and, and you know, I, I don't know. I, I, it was on, so I decided to sit and watch it. It was wildly entertaining. Um, I, this is a – I don't know, plucky is the word that comes to mind. Like, it it kind of reminds me of a Wisconsin they're, – they're not maybe as good as some Wisconsin basketball teams, but damn, they're competitive. And, and they're, they're a pain. They're a pain to deal with. And I, I know that they lost at home to Wake Forest, but you would expect that they're going to be one of those teams that when you go into their home court, it's just going to be a miserable experience just about every time you go there. Obviously, if you go to Purdue, you're dealing with the crowd and you're dealing with a good team. At Wisconsin, you're dealing with a pretty good team. I, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's necessarily vintage Wisconsin. Right. Uh, but, but there's enough there. Like, between Chucky Hepburn and Tyler Wall and, and Stephen Crowell and, and all those guys, there's enough there for them to make life miserable for people. And they do have size with Wall at 6'9 and Crowell's a seven footer. Uh, and, and, you know, they, they are well coached defensively. Offensively, they're not always the most fun team in the world to watch. Although, like you said, they've probably been a little more efficient here uh, the last few times out. Basically, if you throw out the – if you started that Kansas game, they've actually not been a bad offensive team. I mean, they beat USC the next day and then, and then played decent offense against Wake and really good offense in their overtime victory against Marquette the other day. So I, I look at that as, as one of those games. Fr- frankly, I was kind of looking at, at, at the se- sequence of four games of can you get two of them if you're Maryland? And it was essentially see if you can split the two Big Ten games um, because going to Wisconsin's no picnic, and, and then see if you can split the, the other two, the, the, the non-conference games on the East Coast, sure. one against Tennessee up in Brooklyn, and then UCLA next week. I, I, I don't want to – it's too early to describe a game as a house money game. It just is. But if Maryland is competitive, I think that's, that's what you want to see at Wisconsin. Getting a win would be awesome. Uh, losing by 20 would not be. But being competitive against a tough, disciplined team 
which frankly is kind of what Maryland is trending towards, right? Like, I mean, that's what we've seen from them so far is that they make good decisions. They, they play hard at the defensive end. They get after people. Uh, and so I would expect tonight's game to be fairly entertaining. I, I tend to think that that's an opportunity for Wisconsin to kind of get an early hold serve type of game in the league. But if Maryland can go in there and win, you know, I, I, really, I really felt going into that four-game stretch here at the start of December, like, can you get two? And if you can split, it's game on. Uh, and I think if Maryland gets that, then it really is game on. What, what can these guys do? Because I think at that point, uh, they've, they've pr- they'll have proven quite a bit. Sure. I mean, I, I think that the, the St. Louis and Miami wins are nice. Beating Illinois is more impressive. If, if you're sitting there at 9-0 and in what felt like it was going to be the, the, the ceiling being, you know, maybe they're flirting with an NCAA tournament berth, uh, it, 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 it might actually be time to recalibrate expectations. And as you know from talking to me many yep. times over yep. the years, you don't just I'm, say that. I'm, yep. more relu- I'm more reluctant yep. to go to that point than other people. But if, if, if they get even, even one of the next three, especially tonight, then it, it's kind of like game on. Let's see, what, let's see what this bunch can do. On the local front, it's a really interesting week. It happens to be a week where there's a lot of games on TV, uh, a lot of opportunities mm-hmm. for fans. Uh, tonight, Coppins on TV. Uh, tomorrow, both Towson and Navy are on TV. And then this weekend, uh, the UMBC Morgan game is on Masson. The the Towson Navy game is on NBC Sports Washington. So a great opportunity this week for fans to to check out some of these local teams, even if you can't make it to the game. Some of those are, you know, like on Saturday and Sunday, the 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 UMBC the Towson games are at home. Are definitely worth going to. Mm-hmm. Um, let me start with UMBC just because like. Are, are they suddenly a wagon, or did they just get the right opponents at the right time to score about a billion points their last couple of times out? <laughs> well, I, first of all, I don't think Lehigh's very good. Yeah. Um, is, 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 I, I think that's kind of let, – let's start with, with – I mean, they went to Lehigh and won by, by 26. So that's pretty impressive. Um, but I, I do have some questions as to just exactly how good that Lehigh team is. They were coming off a loss down at an improved Maryland Eastern Shore. So not a great week for them to be playing uh, to be playing schools in the University of Maryland system. Uh, the, the, maybe one of the stats of the year so far locally was that Coppin State last week closed at UMBC on a 33 to four run yeah. to cut the deficit to 27. Yeah. So Coppin was Coppin was going pretty bananas there, or UMBC was going pretty bananas from three point range. Made I think 21 of them in that game, which is a school record. Here's an amazing thought. UMBC has the worst three-point percentage defense in the country right now. They're allowing opponents to shoot 44.1% from the outside, and they're still 5-4. and four. They've still been competitive, again, even in losses to teams like UNC Greensboro and Georgetown. And they obviously put up a ton of points last week. I think one of the things that we can fairly say about UMBC is that it's going to take some time to get some of these guys uh, integrated into everything that they wanted to do. Some of the transfers, Colton Lawrence, who impressed me in the couple games I saw them in person, just as a tough, tough guard. Uh, the D2 transfer, Craig Baldwin, the Cleveland State transfer, has been really solid for them at the point. And then you get guys like Matteo Piccarelli, who, who have kind of broken out here this season, uh, and he's shooting close to 50% from three. Uh, so, so they're an interesting bunch, and I, I, I still don't entirely know what to make of them. They're up at Columbia tonight, and then they have the Morgan State game at home before visiting Loyola on Tuesday, uh, next Tuesday. Uh, but if they're, they're, they're sitting there at 5-4, and four, and you've got to feel like that's a team uh, that can create some problems for some people, especially in the America East. And I think, too, 
uh, we've kind of reached the point where it's going to be, if their three-point shooting is on, and, and it has been uh, in the last week, they, 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 could, they could cause some serious, serious problems for some people. So a, a team definitely to watch. Uh, strong offense, dicey defense, and, and we'll see how that holds up as the season unfolds. And I know we've talked a lot about both Towson and Navy and the starts they've been off to, and of course they get together on Sunday afternoon. But as I mentioned, tomorrow night they're they're both on the road. They're both playing tough games, at, you know, West Virginia, Clemson, but games that are on TV, a chance for people to watch. Are these games or they have chances to be uh, you know competitive uh, tomorrow night? Yeah, I don't know if if West Virginia is the right matchup for Navy. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, and I they get. have and they have and they have lost back to back games uh, to Lipscomb and VMI on the road. So uh, you know, at this point, Navy is four and zero at home and 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 one and three away from Interesting. home. Interesting. Uh, so I, I don't know if that's the right matchup for them, uh, just because of, of the size and what have you. But you know, uh, you know, Navy will play tough, uh, and you know that they have some pieces that if they all happen to play well. Uh, that they're going to be in decent shape. The question is, is can they get them all going at the same time the other night uh, against VMI? They got good games from Austin Inge and Tyler Nelson, uh, combined 36 points from those guys. Uh, but it was kind of tough sledding getting anybody else going on a consistent basis. So that that's a team that definitely is not one of those, well, you know, if one or two guys are quiet, you know, these other two guys definitely will be fun, will be able to carry the load. That's, that's a team that needs a number of guys playing well to be at its best. Uh, as for Towson, an interesting game to say the least. They go to Clemson, uh, and they're sitting there at eight and one. And this is one of those games that you looked at and thought, well, maybe they could pick this thing off uh, when you when you looked at the start of the season. And, and I feel like with, with Clemson, they've they've got they've gotten a little healthier since the start of the season. PJ Hall uh, was expected to be one of the best players in the in the ACC. Uh, and they got him back kind of on a pitch count at the start of the season. He'd been off, he'd been injured for, for most of the summer. Uh, and so they're finally starting to play him more minutes than what they were doing a little bit earlier. He got 22 minutes and started uh, uh, against Wake Forest last week and had 21 points. He had 22 against Penn State. So that's the big question to me. How, how does uh, Towson deal with P.J. Hall? And they've got other guys. Clemson has other guys too, and Hunter Tyson and Chase Hunter for sure really kind of standing out, and also Brevin Galloway, a guy they're familiar with because he played at College of Charleston before a stopover up at Boston College. So, you know, Clemson's playing a little bit better. They, they, they've won six of their last seven. They had a, a really a, 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 a sluggish loss at South Carolina, two-point loss on the road uh, early in the season, and they lost on a neutral site by three to Iowa. No shame in that. So uh, certainly an, a Clemson team that I, I think – goes down as the toughest test that Towson has in what is a, a largely solid, if not overly ambitious, mm-hmm. uh, non-conference schedule. Like, there's good teams there. Like, you're not looking, aside from one or two, there's, there's, there's not a, a bunch of bad teams. But there's also not a bunch of teams that are like, gosh, that's a top 75 team that's going to flirt with a, with a uh, at-large berth or something right. like that. Not right. that it's a lot of fun to deal, not that you're, like, eager to deal with UNC Greensboro and Penn and, and, and Bryant and what have you. But it isn't like this is just murderer's row and you're going to be lucky to survive it. So in a lot of ways, I feel like that makes going to a place like Clemson a good, a good situation for Towson because they haven't just been beaten down here uh, during, during the first month of the season. They're 8-1. and one. They do have the loss down in Savannah to Fairfield. 
Uh, but this is an opportunity for them to pick off pick off what could well turn out to be a quad one victory for them. Uh, and, and maybe that's the difference if they win the CAA tournament between being a 12 or a 13 seed or a 13 seed and a 14 seed. Uh, and those things tend to matter. So uh, you mentioned the Navy game as well coming up Sunday. Really looking forward to that one. I'll, I'll be at Towson for that. And, uh, you know, obviously a big week for the Tigers, who I think have to feel pretty good about what they've been able to accomplish here over the first month or so of the season. Another good week nationally, too. I'm going to run out of time to be able to get to all of it. I know Texas, Illinois tonight coming off Texas, win over Creighton. And uh, Alabama-Houston is this weekend, right? It's, mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's uh, – yes. And that's that's the sort of game that you would expect to see in an Elite Eight or a Final Four. No doubt. No uh, doubt. So, you know, Houston, Houston has – you know, I, I have had a couple games here uh, recently – you know, they, they beat Kent State in a just a 49-44 slugfest. And that's a Kent State team that gave Gonzaga problems last night. I watched a chunk of that game. Uh, and then, you know, St. Mary's 53-48. Uh, that's another sort of game that it, it, you're seeing Houston win games the way that Houston can win games. Low scoring, low possession uh, are just going to be completely unpleasant to deal with. Uh, and I'm tell you, I'll tell you what, them coming to Virginia in another couple Saturdays, that's going to be yeah. that's going to be first to forty five win, but it's going to be it's going to be immense fun uh, to see those two teams go after each other. But that's another eleven days away. That Alabama game, like you mentioned, looming a little earlier uh, with uh, with the Crimson Tide coming to Houston for that one. All right, Ken Patrick Stevens, name the MLB teams that this particular player has played for. Uh, first up, a little bit trickier. I, I thought I only knew two of these, frankly. Uh, two-time All-Star, three times uh, finished in the top ten of MVP voting, and a two-time Silver Slugger Award winner. And there's all those hotels and uh, restaurants that are named after him. Of course, we're talking about Hojo Howard Johnson. Hojo. Four teams. How many of those? How many teams? Four teams. Four teams for Hojo. Well, he was a Detroit Tiger. Yes. And he was a New York Met. Knocked out the overwhelming bulk of it. You got two years at the end of the career. Now, I did remember one of these. Okay. For some reason, I was thinking of of that there was something else before the Mets. Was Detroit before yeah, the it Mets? It was Detroit before the Mets, yes. And that was I did not remember okay. Detroit. So it was Detroit for three seasons, then the Mets for, the, for nine, and then 94, one place, 95, somewhere else. 94 one place 95 somewhere else was he um was he a san francisco giant one of those years not a giant no he was not a giant i am vaguely vaguely i've got two teams that i'm thinking of here i'm vaguely remembering him as a pirate at the very not a pirate oh you're doing he's not was he white was he a white a cub actually it was the other side he was a cub and he was a rock for some reason i remember him as a rocky just because it felt like those rocky teams were particularly interesting so i'll give you a slam dunk then uh in order to i'll give you a hall of famer give me the four teams for vladimir guerrero senior vladimir guerrero senior montreal the la angels the Texas Rangers, and, of course, the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, Orioles legend Buck Showalter said it was the most nervous he's ever been at a press conference to introduce aged Vlad Guerrero in 2011. <laughs> um, you mentioned the Towson game. What else is on your schedule for this week? Uh, heading over to George Mason. They play Merrill Eastern Shore tonight. Uh, Georgetown, Siena tomorrow, where the 
it should be noted that the Hoyas are giving out free I tickets to any D.C. resident. Yeah. So if you are a Washington, D.C. resident, feel free to mosey over to that 630 tip. Sienna's a team, by the way, that uh, that is pretty good uh, and has already picked off Florida State and Seton Hall this season. Oh. So not a not a chippy for the Hoyas. Uh, and then over the over the weekend, we're we're looking at uh, you know I think uh, I think Saturday's game of choice is Loyola and Mount St Mary's, which we did talk yeah, a bit lo- about. But that's up at the Mount. Rivalry, yep. And then uh, and then Sunday Towson and uh, Towson and Navy. Uh, up in up at uh, CQ Arena uh, to close out the week at Discourse D one S course and of course you see his stuff at the Washington Post Patrick Stevens appreciate you my friend we'll talk again next Tuesday all right it's... awesome thanks so much hey gambling can be fun but you should set a limit and stay within it and remember if you or a loved one has a gambling problem call one eight hundred Gambler twenty four seven or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. All right, so Micah, we need a container of some sort, and we need to make maybe that uh, that we could take the stuff out of that uh, post office box that's sitting out there, and then we need to mix these up. We need to mix them up good. We need to make sure because you got them in order right now, one to a hundred, and we got to really mix them up in that container. We're gonna pick a winner. Uh, let's go ahead and do tidbit while we wait on that. All right, tidbit is brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where the Winter seasonal menu is their comfort classics menu, and it includes the twisted ribs and wings combo. What the, uh, your buddy called it, the meat tornado, correct? Yeah, the meat tornado. Citrus yeah. salmon, the winter spinach salad, the mac and cheese bites, and of course, the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, so good! Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider, a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Get your order in right now, glorydaysgrill.com. And don't forget, uh, Drew and I will be hanging out at Glory Days Grill. On Monday the 19th from 6 to 8, stop by with uh, your donations, toiletries, uh, underwear, things like that to help the folks at Helping Up Mission. Mix them up good, Micah. This is the most important moment of your life. Most, and no offense, because I know you're a high-level athlete. This is more important. <laughs> Do you want, you want me to go? Tidbit, go Okay. Ahead. All right, uh, this one I saw. Uh, so NFL teams since 1995 were 0-206 and when committing a... Uh, Two turnovers and forcing none and failing to exceed 10 points as the Baltimore Ravens did on Sunday against the Broncos. Uh, so now teams uh, uh, committing two turnovers, forcing none, and failing to exceed 10 points are 1 and 206. Thanks to the Ravens beating the Broncos. I did see that number. That yeah. I did. I did uh, my buddy Jake Luke from Baltimore Beatdown shared that this morning. And I was like, what? I, it's just random to me that it's never happened before, right? Like, I get yeah. it. I get the concept. <laughs> it is not easy to do it this way, but it's just still kind of stunning in the entire history of football that it's never happened. How are you feeling about your mixing job over there, Micah? You think this is, this is your moment? All right, big All right I got one more. Micah. I'm looking for one name here. So Christian Watson has now seven receiving touchdowns on right. just 23 career receptions. He joins one other player. How would I possibly know? How would I, I possibly know? It was within the last know. 10 years uh, to have seven or more receiving touchdowns in their first 25 catches career in their career how, how would I, I mean odell beckham not odell beckham it's close i think same year same uh he's a rookie that a year rookie the same year as odell beckham i gotta think about who odell, aj green not aj green little, he was a little bit older yeah than he was a little right? older uh who else would have been a rookie the same year as odell beckham so i'm thinking odell beckham would have been 2014 
2015? Correct. Right? Yes. This guy is no longer in the league. No longer in the league, but was a rookie in 2014. No longer in the league, rookie in 2014. Uh, the only other receiver I remember from is Sammy Watkins because he was also LSU, but he's still in the league. Yeah. It's not Sammy Watkins. Um, Played for at least that I remember two AFC teams. Two AFC teams. Let's see who else he played for. Two AFC teams, not in the league any longer. Played for two AFC teams. Was he a high draft pick? Uh, let's see. When was he drafted? Why doesn't it say when okay. he was drafted? Not helpful. Yeah, I know. Not helpful. Um, no, he was a fourth round pick. He was a fourth round pick. A fourth round pick that played for two AFC yep, teams. Those are the only two teams he played out for. Out of yeah. the league. I, you're going to have to tell me. All right, uh, AFC North team, good AFC at uh, the developing their uh, fourth-round receivers. Well, any round receiver, really. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant. Okay. Seven uh, okay. touchdowns in his first 25 career reception. Okay, there's that. <laughs> I don't know what else there is to say to that. Thank you. That was a, Christian that was, Watson and Martavis Bryant, so hopefully it was a solid tip. <laughs> All right, um, before Tubular, are you confident in your mixing job? I tell you what, I, I'm gonna do tubular. You go out there and get that helmet and get the uh, the prizes again. All right. We don't have the Trey Mancini print, unfortunately. I got to pick that up next week. Um, uh, a reminder: I'll be picking it up at the Tyus Bowser Show, as we will be at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill next Tuesday night. That is December 13th. Uh, myself, Rita, Tyus, and his special guest. Hope that you will come join us at seven o'clock next Tuesday. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Tyus Bowser show is a partnership of Pressbox, Great Eights memorabilia. If you look out to your left, it's up on top. Just just walk to the wall, and it's up on top of that thing out there, whatever you call that—a bookshelf or a, a thing. If he doesn't, if he struggles, then go help him. Um, we'll be there next Tuesday again. Find out more pressboxonline.com/slash/bowser. Pressboxonline.com/slash/bowser is how you find out more about the Tyus Bowser show. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular-wise. As we mentioned, Maryland basketball can, looks to continue their unbeaten start to the season. They take on Wisconsin. I don't think anybody can see me now. No, no, you're good. Oh, no? Really? All right, good deal. Uh, they take on Wisconsin, 9 o'clock on ESPN2. Uh, Masson for Coppin State and NC State at 7. UMBC's at Columbia at 7. Mount St. Mary's at American at 7. Those games are on ESPN+. Plus. The Jimmy V Classic tonight on ESPN. Illinois, Texas at 7. Iowa Duke at 9.30. Everything else, go to glennclarkradio.com. As far as college basketball is concerned, what's going on with Morocco and Spain right now? Do we know? Good question. I should uh, always the, have that the, ready. Uh, penalty, or the final day of the round of Ooh, 16 at the World Cup. It is nil-nil in the 94th oh, minute. This, this is big for John Proctor, who, remember, had Croatia and Morocco and thought his only hope was Croatia winning the World Cup. But if Croatia gets to the semifinals and Morocco gets to the quarterfinals, the way we stack the points is that would be yeah. enough points to have more than whoever wins the World Cup mm. if that person didn't get another quarterfinalist. So, wow. And right. I, there haven't been a lot of upsets in this round. So no, there I have think, not. There have I been none. I think it's, this is big right now. If Morocco could stun Spain, it might 
it might hand this uh, to John Proctor. I don't know how I feel about that because he's also moved into first place in our picks contest, and I don't care for that at all. Later this afternoon, Portugal and Switzerland at 2 on Fox. Lakers, Cavs, 7.30 on TNT. Mavs, Nuggets, 10. ESPN Plus and Hulu for Maple Leaf Stars at 8.30. The USA Network for WWE NXT at 8. Some non-sports highlights? Uh, Jack Black's going to be on Celebrity Wheel of Fortune on ABC. Uh, Janelle Monae will be on Kimmel uh, as well on ABC. Uh, let's see, there's a Boss Baby Christmas bonus special on ah, Netflix. I, I did watch the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas uh, thing. It, it was, was delightful. Yes, it, it was, was. delightful. Yes. I mean, it's not... Obviously, it's not meaty in any way, but it's that's it was that was sort of the wink, wink, nudge, nudge joke of the whole thing is they were kind of like parodying Christmas specials and doing it, mm-hmm. and it it was wonderful, it was delightful. And then the last thing, uh, the Voice on NBC at eight, uh, Severna would... Park High, uh, oh, high school well, students. This is the answer. Yes, uh, she advances to the top eight. So at eight o'clock tonight, you can see. Perejita Bastola. All right, let's go. Severna Park High School. Let's go. Yeah. We can replace Mark Teixeira yeah. as the most important person to ever come from Severna Park. You <laughs> son of a... I don't hate Mark Teixeira. The, not a thing. All right, very good. Um, so we're going to pick a winner. Again, don't forget, pressboxonline.com slash offers for all the best sign-up offers as you consider what you want to do sports betting-wise. Micah, this is very important. All right? I want you to look at me. The, you can't look at... You can't see any of the numbers. You can't... You got to look away... Yeah, or cover your eyes as you pull out winners. We are pulling out three winners, and I might tell you to pull out a fourth uh, because i got to pull up the list. There are some people who got in that were very much like, I don't want the prize. You can give it to somebody else. I just want to make the donation. So you're going to pull out winners here for our contest. I might end up telling you to pull out more. All right? So just be prepared for that. But you can't look. Now, they're going singu- if somebody doesn't win, they're going to singularly blame you. For this, are you prepared to deal with that pressure of pulling out a, a number right now? Uh, yeah, I've been I've been working on my shuffling skills. Ah, that's good. I'm glad you've been doing that. That is very yeah. important. Um, so just remind everybody: the first prize, and again, you get your choice. So I say the first prize. It might be that the, the first prize winner is an Orioles fan and wants the Trey Mancini print. That again, I don't have in front of me right now. Um, but we think the first prize is this. Here, can you hold that up? Can you give your do your your modeling uh, skills? That is an autographed Ravens helmet signed by potential future Hall of Famer Calais Campbell right there. That's a big deal. We also have a Trey Mancini print that is autographed, and we have these two prints. These are actually photographs that are signed by both Tyus Bowser and by Marcus Williams, and someone will win this pair of autographed photos. So that's the third prize. So three prizes that we've got, 100 names, Now, I say it's actually not 100 different names because some people got multiple. uh, In fact, one person has 20 spots in the raffle. That was the most that we got this year was a $500 donation. Um, So that person got 20 spots in the raffle. Could end up winning all three prizes. That's the way it goes. That's that's the way, like, I left that option out there. It's all, all up I, to the shuffle. All I care about is that we had a bunch of money for the Helping Up mission. So wherever it came from, not my concern. Micah, please go ahead. First, the first number that Micah has pulled. Please announce it. Please show it to the camera so we know there is nothing uh, amiss here. The first number is six. Six, a wow. low number pulled as a winner. I know who number six is. Cotter Venda Jalad was the person that got 20 spots. Wow. wow. Was the person it that worked. Per- so this, this, got, this person now, will love me. If this, I- the question is, I don't know if Cotter wants the prize or not. So. Here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to write them down. We're going to end up pulling maybe five or six numbers. So we have backup plans to our backup plans to backup our backup plans. So first winner, Cotter. Next number. What if I pull six of the six of Cotters? Uh, then then we're going to have a problem. And we'll, you know what? We'll keep this bucket full of numbers and we'll deal with it later. Yep. Okay. Next is 19. 19. <laughs> Belongs to Kathy Hamrick. I don't think she wanted to win. <laughs> but, but, again, we'll see how it goes. Next, <laughs> next number. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 15. Boy, we were really going with I low know. numbers. 15 is another Cotter number. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said you were good at mixing, Mike. I know. Oh, I mean, well, he didn't know, he didn't I know mean, which numbers belong to We'll get some higher numbers. <laughs> yeah, these are all low numbers. All right, this all right. will be a high one. All right, all right. Let's, let's pull six numbers, all, all right. right, and we'll go from there, okay? So three more. All right. Oh, God, we are late. We are very yeah. late. Yeah. 53. 53, finally a higher number. We're going number. speed round. I'm a little bit nervous about this. It's still, oh, my God. That is another number that belongs to Cotter. Strategy. <laughs> that is His unreal. Strategy, what? That is unreal. Next, yes. 23. 23 belongs to Michael Jordan. No, it belongs yeah. to George Patty. Has number 23. Thank you. And? Yes. 42. 42 belongs to Tim from Bel Air. How about that? <laughs> Shout out, Bel Air. Timothy Fisher, <laughs> uh, who, of course, is going to make our worm burger for us, is, mm. uh, is, is number six. Now, again, I don't know if he's going to be a winner or not. <laughs> Because I don't know how the first people. Give me one more just because right. we pulled out three of Cotters, and I don't know. All right? So just give me one more in case. 75. 75 belongs to <laughs> Cotter. Shut <laughs> up. Yeah, it does. <laughs> give me one, one more. more. Holy crap. I guess it's smart to stack the deck with 20. Yeah. 56. 56 belongs to uh, my man Mark Miller up in Pennsylvania. There we Very go. good. All right. Here's what we're going to do. Don't take the numbers out of here yet. All right? I will start making contact with these people and find out if they want their prizes or not. And then if we need, we will pull more numbers. All right? I would so love to. Thank you, Mike. I appreciate that. Uh, don't forget, GinsuGrills.com. Use the code TAILGATE. Save $100 when you pre-order your Ginsu Kamado Grill. Thanks today to Patrick Stevens. Thanks to Joe Serpico. Thanks also to Ben McDonald and Rita. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the tab at glennclarkradio.com. Anything at all. Stuff and things. My, oh, my. We are having a rough week. If you know somebody that would be a great guest on Glenn Clark Radio, please <laughs> let us know because we've got the time. Thanks, everybody, at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... Our friends at the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Casa Sin, the Maryland Jockey Club, Baltimore Area Chick-fil-A Restaurants, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, biotoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Micah, Micah.Ernest on Instagram. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Uh, go Terps. Go um, UMBC. No, who else was playing? Yeah, UMBC was playing the night. Coppin. All the local teams. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We come back in. Simply the bets.
Welcome into Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. We will head to the FanDuel Sportsbook a little bit later on. Catch up with our guy, Leon Twyman. Not feeling... Uh, there's something we need to discuss on this program today related to the FanDuel Sportsbook. We'll get to that. Aaron Oster from Circa Sports out in Vegas is going to join us in just a second as we try to help you out with uh, your picks for sports betting this week. Hope that uh, your first couple of weeks of legal sports betting have gone a little bit better than mine. I had three really good days to kick us off. I had a really good last Wednesday, and then everything else in between, not great. Not great. Again, probably going to – this is the mistake I make, though. I probably shouldn't take days off, right, to, like, lick my wounds because those are probably the days I would have been killing it. Probably the days. And, by the way, John from Little Rock was beating me up earlier about playing the over last night. Again, I just listened to Jeremy Kahn. That's on me. I screwed up. I know better. Whenever I pick with Jeremy Kahn, it's going to go wrong. Anytime I don't pick with him, he gets everything right. I am his cooler. I screwed it up last night. I don't know why I did that. Let's head out to Vegas. Let's find out what this man thinks about sports betting for the week. He, of course, is now the uh, media relations and marketing manager at the Circus Sportsbook out in Vegas. He is our guy, Aaron Oster, and he is with us now here on Simply the Bets. What's going on, pal? How are you? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, it was actually way better on Saturday because I killed it in college football and then didn't have a good Sunday. I had a bad <laughs> three days altogether. It was, a, it was not a good three days for your pal. But, again, as we always say, today is a new day. Um, as far as uh, you last week, uh, Maryland, of course, covered comfortably against Louisville. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got that one easily. You got uh, Michigan with no problem against Purdue in the Big 12 title game. Yeah, Sorry, no the Big problem 10 at all. Title game. Yeah, yeah. It did, it did get a little interesting, I guess. Um, now, a few things th- that are worth pointing out that, um, you know, a couple did go your way. You, as we pointed out, had Kansas State as your long shot to win the Big mm-hmm. 12 back in August at 14 to 1. So that would have been a very nice payday if, um, if you guys had played that one as that indeed. I don't know why Griffin put that in yellow because that one is in blue. It did hit. It, that one did indeed. <laughs> What's Kansas, Kansas State definitely beat TCU on Saturday. Yeah, they did. did. Yeah, what did they I mess up? It. I messed up. Uh, okay. you have, you have, yeah, the, the, the overtime only counts. I, as a it's half the other time, one you right? put it. You put. You put. Oh, I see. I'm fought. I'm on. I'm off. You're on. Okay. You nailed it. You nailed it. You nailed it. I'm looking at the wrong thing. I saw that you had Jimmy Garoppolo in yellow. Oh. Yeah. Aaron uh, and I didn't realize it was because it was a loser. Mm. So Aaron was right about that. Aaron had Jimmy Garoppolo at NFL MVP odds at 39 to one as being a loser. I don't know why any human oh, yeah. would have ever made that bet. But people were at the time. <laughs> if you if uh, if you didn't, you were smart. He's not going to win MVP. Um, the the bad news, right? The uh, mm. the bad news. You had Clemson. You had Clemson winning the ACC as a loser at one point in July. Yes, I did. That was not a loser bet. Not at all. They won no. the ACC. You had uh, UFC or UCF to win the American at plus two ninety <sighs> back on August thirtieth as a long term bet. Loser. You, for some reason, ah. said that Georgia winning the SEC on September 13th was a loser bet. It most certainly was not. <laughs> they were comfortable. Uh, and back on September 20th, you played a parlay of Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State to make the college yeah. football playoff. You, we, you nearly went one for three. Thankfully, you at least got two. But uh, do, do you remember what your response was to that? What? It was, uh, you know, the one I'm worried about is Georgia. 
Oh, that's really funny. Did I say that? <laughs> that's really yeah. funny. I, I, and I do remember at the time being like, I don't know. They lost a lot on defense. Yeah. <laughs> the thing about that is um, you have a bunch of – if you haven't been paying attention, um, uh, Aaron's actually played the entire Heisman market. He literally has every <laughs> college football player in some uh, form or fashion. The only one that he's lost so far, Jackson Smith and Jigba, will not be winning the Heisman yeah. at 50-1 uh, no. to 1 odds. <laughs> But uh, Caleb Williams uh, still appears to be the favorite. Uh, yeah. For a second, it looked last week like maybe you were onto something with Max Dugan. But I, I still wonder if they had to let him run in that touchdown and not handed it off twice in overtime, what would we be talking about this I don't week? Know. That's a big one. I don't know. Probably not, but it'd be don't interesting. Know. Don't know. All right, let's get into this week's five L's. A local, a long-term, a long shot, a lovable or a loser, and a lovable bet from Aaron. We begin locally. What you got? Well, locally, there is one college football game to look at this week, and it is the greatest bet in sports right now. It's the under um, in Army Navy. You son of a bitch! I, yeah, it's it, the one I wanted. I want that too. Oh, we're gonna have to it's we're gonna have one. to arm wrestle. <laughs> yeah. Um, for for those of you who don't know, in games between service academies, the under has hit eighty two percent over the past twenty years. When it comes to Army Navy specifically, depending on what number you use. They buy, it's, the under has either hit 14 times in a row or 16 times in a row. It is the closest thing to a lock there is, which of course means it won't hit this time, but I'm going to play it until it doesn't hit. It's 33 right now. I know that's low. I know that sounds crazy, but I'm playing it anyway. Give me under 33. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it, might, it could be 28. And I might still like the under in this game. <laughs> this one definitely has... All of the makings of a thirteen to ten football game on Saturday. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I am with you. We we do share the uh, agreement upon that one. All right, give me your uh, long term. Give me your futures bet that you like so bad. Well, I- I'm glad we agreed on the last one because I have a feeling that you're not going to like this one as ah. much because this is one of these where I give awards, I give numbers, and you say, "Yeah, but voters don't care about that." So I'm looking at the defensive rookie of the year market right now. And right now, Sauce Gardner is a prohibitive favorite. And Tariq Woolen is sitting there at 5-1. to one. Tariq Woolen just recorded his sixth interception. He's playing at really a Pro Bowl level at cornerback. And by all, pretty much all metrics, he's having a better year than Sauce Gardner. The problem, of course, is that Sauce Gardner was anointed as the winner back in September. So this very well might be burnt money. But, you know, you kind of look into it. Uh, in the past 30 years, no secondary players with, uh, players in the secondary with less than five interceptions have ever won Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, Sauce Gardner has two. Woolen's sitting there with six right now. So I fully acknowledge that voters can be stupid. This might not pay out because voters can be stupid. I do think that there's value there if you're getting uh, plus 500 or better. And right now at Vendel, it's sitting at plus 500. So I don't hate that bet, uh, getting that sort of value. I get everything you're saying. I, I don't think that Tariq Woolen's going to win rookie of the year, though. I mean, like, I, I understand everything you say. And I think that there's – it's not just – you say that Sauce Gardner was anointed. Like, Sauce Gardner's been that good. He doesn't have the interceptions. But, like, they're literally not throwing his way. Like, they're treating right. yeah. him he's, – he's, he's been like, good. Yeah. Like, they're treating him like that guy. So, you know, to say that Tariq Woolen's had a better season because he's had more interceptions, I just – I, I hear you, and sometimes it's like that, but then, like, wouldn't J.C. Jackson have been defensive player of the year, you know, for a few years, right? right? Like, I, 
I just don't think it's as simplistic as saying. I think Tariq Woolen's been outstanding. I think he's been unbelievable. Um, wish the Ravens would have taken him at some point. But um, I just I don't I don't think this is a case of it being all hype on Sauce Gardner. I think he's very deserving of being Rookie of the Year. Oh, he, he's, he's he's absolutely deserving of the conversation. I just don't think he's deserving to be as big of a favorite as he is right I, now. I, I know what you're saying. I also, you know, the other part of this, of course, is it's the New York market. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're, it's yeah, New York right. versus Seattle. It's a team that everybody talks about, you know, despite the fact that they're not that good, um, versus <laughs> a team that nobody talks about, right? Like, that, that kind of operates in its own plane of existence in the Pacific Northwest. And, I, you know, that, that to me, all yeah. of those factors say I just don't see it. But I, I get I get what you're trying to say. I, I just don't like it. That's all. Give me yeah, your. I, I figured you wouldn't like it. Yeah, give me your long shot. Give me your underdog that you like so much this week. Uh, I'll go back to those uh, FanDuel specials that we've had some success with in recent weeks. And there's one at 14 to 1 that jumps out at me. It's a, a parlay of three receivers, each recording 100 yards receiving. Those three uh, receivers are Devontae Adams facing the Rams. Uh, I think, you know. Devontae Adams has definitely been in the game plan lately for the Raiders. You have Tyreek Hill facing the Chargers and DK Metcalf facing the Panthers. So all of them recording 100 yards. It's definitely a long shot. It's 14 to one for a reason. It's, it's you know very possible one of these guys will only end up with 82 yards and still have a good game. But um, I, individually, all of these feel fairly reasonable. So at 14 to one, I don't hate it. Um, I don't think I hate it either. Honestly, I don't. I don't think I hate that whatsoever. I think I will join you on that one. I, I, I in fact, might even. Well, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm a little, tri- <laughs> I'm a little gun shy at the moment. We'll see if I put a couple bucks. Maybe, down. maybe a small sprinkle. Very small sprinkle might be the play. Might be that I have like a twenty dollar free bet sitting over that maybe I use. A little bit. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's get into uh, Aaron Oster is with us. Let's get into the big ones. The one that you say, no matter what you do, do not make this bet. This bet is a loser. Uh, so we saw a pretty consequential game this past Sunday when it came comes to the NFC playoffs as the Giants and the Commanders ended in a nice little tie. Uh, we call, them, right we call now, them draws, Aaron. I'm not sure draws. if you're aware. This is, this is football we're talking about. We describe them as draws. Clearly, clearly. Uh, the Giants making the playoffs right now, they do sit currently in that last spot. But they currently basically have it as a coin flip. Minus 110 as a yes, minus 110 as a no. Um, the yes is a big loser right now. You look at the remaining games on their schedules. They play Eagles, uh, Eagles at home this week, at Commanders, at Vikings, home versus Colts, and finish up at the Eagles. Now, the one saving grace for them is who knows if the Eagles will have anything to play for Correct. Uh, in that Week 18 game. But overall, you look at that and you look at some of the other teams, and particularly the Commanders, um, the Giants' schedule is brutal down the stretch, while other teams really could come up and uh, pass them. I don't think this should be minus 110. I think that the yes should be easily plus money. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. And, and even if you do somehow think they're going to make the playoffs, uh, this 110 just isn't correct at all. So do not bet the Giants are going to make the playoffs. I don't believe it'll happen, and even if you do, uh, that value is just completely wrong. Mm, okay. I mean, I'm not as convinced that, like, they can't come down and beat the Commanders as you are. Like, I get it. It's a road game, and it's tough, and the Commanders just played them to a draw on Sunday. But, like, the Giants had control for that. They had the ball. They, like, they should have won that game. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not convinced that that's, a, that's brutal. I get it. The Eagles thing, I don't think there's any world in which they're beating the Eagles. Um, and and what, are the, what are the Commanders? 
What do the Commanders have at their schedule the rest of the way? Because that's the only real threat to me for the Giants. Uh, I know it's they have a buy this. They have a buy this week. week. Yeah, so know, it's, yeah. it's Giants. It's at 49ers. Who who knows who's going to be starting at quarterback? Yeah, but Home against the Browns. At 49ers, you're never going to convince me that that's a, a like against that defense. That's a particularly winnable game no, for that, Washington. That's that's not going to be a gimme game by yeah. any stretch. But it's not going to be like a you know they're not going to be eight point underdogs either. That's probably going to be like a, the four and a half point favorites for the 49ers somewhere in that range. Yeah. Home against the Browns and then home against the Cowboys in uh, Week 18. And so there's a question there: is what the Cowboys have to play for? I still would, yeah. I, like I still like I got to figure out how the tiebreaker would work now. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, well, and, I guess and, and a big part no, of it would come. Yeah, down it would come down to game. game. Yeah, it really would be determined by that game. So you know, it has a lot to do there. I don't know. I don't. I I still. To me, I still think that Washington is a slight favorite over, or sorry, that New York is still a slight favorite over Washington to get that final playoff spot. But I hear you about the numbers. I just don't like it as a loser bet. All right, give me your lovable bet. Give me the one that you say, do go make this immediately. Now, 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 now. Yep, you you should make this bet now because I do think this one is going to move quickly. Uh, Dolphins against the Chargers uh, at the Chargers have opened up as a three-point favorite. You've already started to see some books start to move it as three minus 120. I think we're about to see it. And I I think the Chargers are a complete mess right now. I still think that oddsmakers as a whole overvalue what home field means in L.A. for the Chargers. I think on a neutral field, it should actually be more than a three-point uh, Dolphins is more than a three-point favorite. Uh, I, I just think everything about this game screams Dolphins win somewhat comfortably. So give me Dolphins minus three against the Chargers. I get that. I, I get it. I mean, there's always the, you know, the, there's nobody that leads a spectacular cover drive quite like Justin Herbert does. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I would worry about. Like, that man leads you a cover drive. That, that's why I want the three and not the three and a half. I hear you on that. I hear you on that. All right. Uh, what's going on with Circa? Uh, you know, we're getting ready for Super Bowl. We're getting ready for uh, the NCAA tournament, and and no better place to do it than coming out to Vegas and experiencing that here. And if you're in Vegas, no better place to experience it than, of course, the Circa Resorts. We have the world's largest sports book. We have the only 365 day a year pool open at Stadium Swim that shows sports constantly year round. So if you're in Vegas, you're watching sports. No better place to do it than Circa, so come out and check it out. At the Aoster on Twitter. Appreciate you, pal. We'll talk to you next Tuesday, all right? Hope everyone hits their bets. That's Aaron Oster, our buddy from uh, Circa Sports out in Vegas. When we come back in, we will head into the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Our guy, Leon Twyman, general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook, joins us next. This is Simply the Bets. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. UMBC basketball is back at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena, and tickets are available now at umbcretrievers.com. Don't miss any of the great early season matchups as the men take on local rivals Morgan State on December 10th, and the women square off with American on December 18th. And on New Year's Day, a rematch of last year's America East Championship game when the men welcome Vermont to the peak. Experience the excitement of game day by getting your tickets right now to come see the Retrievers at Chesapeake Employers Insurance Arena. Lock yours in at umbcretrievers.com. 
Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, New Maryland basketball coach Kevin Willard sits down with Stan Charles and Glenn Clark to discuss the situation he inherited in College Park and how he plans to get the program turned around. Also, inside, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area. And Bo Smoka profiles Ravens receiver Devin DuVernay. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face all right back in here on simply the bets brought to you by the fanduel sportsbook at live casino in hotel maryland don't forget this Saturday night, big UFC fight. I've already forgotten the name. It's Blockowitz and uh, uh, Maga. Uh, not going to work here anymore. Griffin will tell me again in a second. I know Patty the Batty is on the card, and that's uh, everybody's excited about that. Who's the Who's the guy that Blockowitz is fighting? It is uh, Magomed Ankalaev and Jan Blakovich. Blakovich. That's Blachowicz. how Blakovich. And say that name. The one, Polish hammer. Say it again. Uh, Magomed. Magomed Ankalaev. Ankalaev. And that, that person's good? Uh, yeah, he is. Okay, I think he's, right. he's probably going to win. I hear it's a big fight. This is not one. i got to be honest with you. This is when I'm starting to worry about how much I'm still in. Well, yeah. it's, it's a big fight, and it's, I don't really know all that It's a title fight. I mean, we talked about it yesterday. Yeah, it was the yeah, weird circumstances, place, but it is a title fight. place so. to be is the FanDuel yes. Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. In order to watch it, you don't have to pay a cover. You can win money betting on the fights. It's so much better than ordering the fights at home and, you know, losing money in the process. Get to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Of course, you can reserve your spot right now. 
Email events at sportssocialmd.com. We head to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. That's where we find Leon Twyman, the general manager of the FanDuel Sportsbook, who's with us here on Simply the Bets. Leon, what's going on, brother? How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, how many times have you attempted uh, against Robo Goalies so far? <laughs> I've actually uh, I've done it quite a few times. I figured it's, you. Uh, by, by the way, I want to make this abundantly clear. If I worked there, so would I. I would be wandering over <laughs> all the time. Uh, how successful have you been? Uh, you know what? Honestly, I have not hit a goal. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I do appreciate the honesty for what it's worth. <laughs> I do appreciate that. Uh, Robo goalie will be running through the final, correct? That is correct. We are going to be running it until the 18th. So your opportunity to come see if you are a greater athlete than Leon Twyman by attempting to score <laughs> on Robo Goalie. That is, that is your opportunity. All right, uh, Leon, um, <clears throat> I'm guessing that it was another good week for the book because the Ravens once again failed to cover on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Like, it was, it was great. I love to see it. <laughs> I, you know, by the way, when you say it that way, it really, like, maybe you could, you could cushion that a little bit. Like, yeah, it's a real bummer, but it is good for the book. You maybe don't have to come off so personal when you say that, sir. <laughs> That's what it was. It was personal. God, man. <laughs> um, how, on the whole, how'd the week go for the book? Uh, it went really well, actually. Um, so, definitely a good, a good weekend, a good week in general. Um, all last week for for the book. So a- a- anything of particular significance besides the Ravens game? Uh, we had we had quite a few things. I mean, obviously USA. Um, oh right. We yeah. had we had a lot of people surprisingly on Jaguars. Don't know why, but a lot of people on Jaguars. Well, they look they look great uh, against the Ravens last week. Everybody was suddenly willing to, <laughs> to jump on board, right? Like this is their moment. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you would you would think so. Um, and then also we had a lot of people in Dolphins as well. Okay, and then of course the Chiefs. Yeah, I was on. I was one of those folks that was on the Dolphins. It was not. It was a yeah, Fanduel. By the way, enjoy that Christmas bonus that you're getting from me this year, pal. Enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the nice bonus that's coming your way, courtesy singularly of your pal Glenn Clark, who has deposited a good amount of money into your coffers over the course of the last three weeks. It has been rough. Um, Leon, tell me a little bit more about how this has been working. Uh, again, as we know, uh, uh, sports betting mobile has been implemented for a couple of weeks now. People are heavy into it. Are you seeing people take advantage of the way that you guys have intertwined mobile betting with the experience there in the FanDuel Sportsbook? Yes, we have a ton of uh, patrons that come through just for the, the cash counter portion of it. So we have a lot of people that will deposit, a lot of people withdrawing. Obviously, it's more withdrawing than depositing right now just because people are just cashing out like crazy. Um, but, yes, they, we've been getting a lot of transactions with that. And if it's still someone's first time utilizing cash at counter, um, when you deposit, you still have the deposit bonus. So um, you can deposit and get 50% of a deposit match bonus up to $250. Wow. However... If you're looking to deposit five figures or more, um, which we do have a lot of, if it's your first time, we can actually reach out to FanDuel and get that limit uh, raised for you. That way you have a bit of a more of incentive to deposit oh, more. Oh, my. Oh, my. I, uh, thankfully, not uh, not something that I could even consider doing because that would be dangerous, <laughs> but it wouldn't even be an option for me. 
Um, well, that's tremendous. I mean, that is a, a great incentive uh, for you guys to head down there and make your deposit in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Uh, Leon Twyman is with us here on Simply the Bets. Uh, Leon, any particular wagers this week, uh, parlays that paid off, maybe one that was a particular loser, just anything that stood out for you over the course of the week? Actually, there was a, uh, a World Cup one that, that won that I was surprised about. Um, $20 turned into uh, about excuse me, $3,000. So <clears throat> that was um, South Korea, uh, Cameroon, um, Switzerland and Uruguay all on a uh, parlay there. That so is a really that is a really trail. random ticket. Like that actually makes sense that it paid out in a big number because that is a random ass ticket that someone popped in. Like, yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> what a bizarre group, man. That's a that's a huge win. Wow. I mean, yeah. look. And and then we also had another big. Uh, this one looks like a big basketball parlay. Um, it's 19 legs. Holy wow. Hell. I would get bored just putting it together. Like at about the eighth leg, I'd sort of be like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't have yeah. any time to keep doing this. Yes. Yeah, so 19 legs that hit. So that was, uh, it looks like the odds were kind of heavy on those though, but still that's pretty impressive. Yeah. If you um, get up to 19 legs. Yes, I agree. Like, so, so when you say that, are you saying like these were all, you know, like uh, LeBron James to score five points or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking at it right now. It looks like there's just a bunch of player props, and they're they're kind of like on the lower end for higher odds. So um, it was ten dollars that paid out twenty nine hundred dollars, but still good, still yeah. impressive. Yeah, that's a good way to spend ten dollars. I would agree on that. That is a that is that that works. That math does indeed math. Unlike my. Lamar Jackson, 40 rushing yards uh, prop that FanDuel offered me on. So, although, credit to FanDuel, they did uh, they gave us free bet back uh, for that prop. It was <laughs> it was uh, Lamar Jackson, 40 rushing yards, and Mark Andrews, 40 receiving yards. And despite the fact that Mark Andrews stunk, uh, FanDuel stepped in and said, we'll give you a $20 free bet back uh, for this particular wager, which is good because it went down in flames. Flames. <laughs> that particular bet. Um, uh, we mentioned big fight night coming up on Saturday. Uh, you guys always have huge crowds, and I'm imagining you're expecting a big one for the UFC fight this Saturday night, correct? I, I am expecting a big crowd, so definitely get those seats booked um, while you can because we do fill up fast. Um, I know there are some other like random, uh, like like Manny Pacquiao is doing some bizarre fight on Saturday. Uh, I think there's a Terrence Crawford pay-per-view. Are you showing any of the other the boxing action on Saturday or just the UFC fight? Um, I will have the Terrence Crawford fight as well. Okay. Um, you know, I, I, re- I debated on the, the Manny Pacquiao, and I'm like, ah, Dude, I don't think it's really worth it. I mean, if any human being is watching that, non- he's fighting like some, like, it's the guy's not even a boxer. He's like a mixed martial artist, and it's not even like somebody you've heard of. <laughs> like, it's one thing if, if Manny Pacquiao was fighting, you know, Quentin Rampage Jackson, we'd be like, oh, these are famous people. I'm saying that. I'm sure there's a part of the world where DKU is very famous. I just, I've never heard of him. Never heard of the man whatsoever. So (laughs) I don't blame you for that. Uh, Anything else going on right now that everybody needs to know about in the FanDuel Sportsbook? So we still have our um, Super Bowl promotion going on. That's running until um, January. Uh, RoboKeeper, we have that promotion going on. And if you still have not signed up for the mobile app, you can come to uh, Maryland Live Casino, sign up through our link, and you can get 
$200 in free bet when you place your first $5 wager. And if you also deposit with us, again, you get 50% match bonus up to $250. But if you're depositing a lot more, we can also assist with that to get a higher uh, deposit match. And then sign up through us at Maryland Live Casino. You also get $50 in either food comp, uh, table game play, or slot play. Um, we Griffin and I have a small problem. Uh, we were down there last week, and we got roped into something. And um, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know if this is live yet because I just don't know. But we'll talk about it. Uh, Griffin and I were down there, and we got roped into doing a side bet with the uh, partner, the live casino partners in Pittsburgh. And, okay. Uh, you know, at the time. We were asked, hey, you guys feel pretty confident about the Ravens-Steelers game? And we both looked at each other and said, hell yeah, we feel pretty confident. I believe the exact words that Griffin used were, do they have Lamar Jackson? (laughs) And a week ago, the answer was yes. (laughs) The answer is no longer yes. And (laughs) we might have really screwed this up. (laughs) Griffin and I might be making a trip. Back to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in the coming weeks to consume absurd hot wings because we screwed up and ran our mouths about our confidence in the Ravens against the Steelers this week. (laughs) Of course Lamar Jackson would get hurt. Of course he would. It was always going to go that way. God damn it. So... Good news yeah, for you. Crazy how that works out. <laughs> yeah, I might be seeing you again very soon, and you might be uh, laughing your ass off at the misery of Griffin and I in, uh, in sports and social. Oh, not good. All right, Leon Twyman, appreciate you, brother. We will talk to you again next Tuesday, all right? All right, man. Have a good one. That's uh, FanDuel Sportsbook General Manager Leon Twyman with us here on Simply the Bets. Yeah. Uh, Griffin and I, you know, we made a nice appearance down the FanDuel Sportsbook, and our friend Sue Kim from uh, Live Casino in Hotel Maryland was like, "Hey, we got this. Uh, we got these partners in Pittsburgh. We got a, a sister property up there, and uh, you know they have a, a a podcast they partner with. And you know, what do you think? You think maybe we could put some uh, side action on the Raven Steelers game? And we're like, Hell yeah! Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> what do you mean? Can we put some side action on the? You seen Kenny Pickett's hands? Yeah, we're good. No problem." So we ran our mouths and said a lot of a uh, lot of things. Can't take any of it back now. But uh, we got locked into that. We 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 kind of we're kind of screwed. So uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, now I'll say, I guess, uh, you know, we have Justin Tucker, right? So there is that. So like, you do have Justin Tucker. Say. That's what I'll say. I don't I don't feel still uh, still got a holdout hope. I don't feel great. All right, uh, let's get a tidbit. What you got for this week? All right, um, so as Leon said, it was a pretty solid week for the sports books. I could not find a whole lot of massive hits. Um, I played a uh, the FanDuel. The, the, I was looking at the FanDuel specials on Sunday, and they had an every team to make a field goal in the 1 p.m. games. Ah. And uh, it was like plus 950. I was like, yeah. So I threw a couple dollars on it, and it was looking real good. I oh, think uh, it came down? down to the Browns and the Eagles. Browns ended up kicking a field goal late in the game, and uh-huh. then uh, the Titans couldn't stop anything. Yes, they allowed five touchdowns. They did, and they did get a stop once. Yes. And guess what? What? They forced the Eagles to kick a field goal, and they jumped off sides. <laughs> Made it fourth and one, like inside the 10-yard line. So the Eagles went for it. They got the fourth and one. Oh. 
uh, and ended up scoring a touchdown on that drive instead of a field goal. Oh, and that is how that bet oh, lost that for me. That is crushing. Yeah, you can't, you can't really lay up a fourth and one to the Eagles. No. Nope. 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 Probably the can't worst team to uh, – Can't do that. Yeah. So my, that didn't – Oh, my. <laughs> that didn't hit. Uh, last night, someone had a uh, – a Scotty Barnes uh, method of first basket by free throw in the Raptors uh, Celtics <laughs> so, game. So random. It was 110 to one. They put five dollars on it. Would have paid 550. Okay. Um, and uh, Scotty opened up the game. Two free throws on missed, the line. Missed them both. Missed both of them. Yep. Oh. Missed yep. both of them. Missed both of them. Of course he did. Of course he did. Uh, These are the types of things <laughs> sometimes that make you wonder. You know, like, uh, they just make you wonder. I mentioned it yesterday. The under over under of the Giants Commanders game forty and a half. Somebody yep. had an eight hundred dollar uh, parlay on that. Uh, that was the last leg. They needed. They just needed the over. Anything. And, uh, anything in overtime. They anybody scores, you're good. They tie at twenty twenty. <laughs> that is. Uh, this person, yeah, Leon. Again, Leon said people were on the Jags. Someone put four hundred forty k on the Jaguars oh. plus one. Who? Oh, who I don't is know. Why? <laughs> Drake? Yeah, <laughs> maybe. maybe. <laughs> they lost. Floyd Mayweather. I mean. <laughs> they lost by thirty. Uh, yeah, it wasn't. Or they lost by twenty-six. Um, uh, someone had a seven-leg uh, parlay. They had a Christian McCaffrey touchdown, Niners money line, Michael Gallup touchdown, Cowboys money line, Cam Akers touchdown, Raiders money line. Those first six hits. Okay. Um, it came down to Monday night. Uh, and their final leg was a Mike Evans anytime touchdown. They put three hundred dollars on this. It was uh, two hundred ten to one. This is a weird bit that uh, oh. Tom Brady does, where he yeah. doesn't throw the ball to Mike Evans. Well, yeah. that that pi he in did, the yeah. So, so so that was that, that was, was how that. this guy That's got true. Beat. That's a good. It point. was alive the entire game, and then he there was the he spent PI the first three the quarters not throwing the ball yeah. to Mike yeah. Evans. Um, and apparently the guy, like he didn't, he said he wasn't going to cash out or anything, and he flew down from New York to Tampa to watch the game. <sighs> And watch as uh, Mike Evans failed to score a touchdown. Would have had 63k. Well, uh, there were a couple hits that, and they were in, and they were in the in soccer. Uh, someone had uh, someone won 175k off of the USA win over Iran. They had uh, they had the correct score 1-0 for the US. US uh, on the minus two on the corner kick spread. Okay. They had uh, the US <laughs> to lead at halftime, and then Pulisic to be the first goal scorer. How much did they have to put on that? They put a thousand dollars on that. I'm surprised and that it paid that K. much. Like I'm surprised those numbers got that high. Mm-hmm. But you know, so a, a plus nineteen thousand okay. uh, parlay on that. And then uh, someone also last week won four and a half k on a correct correct score parlay off of a free bet as well. It was Netherlands two nil over uh, Qatar, Senegal two to one over Ecuador, and then in the U.S. one zero over Iran. They won four and a half thousand dollars off of a free bet very nice yes very nice now, those were the those were the two hits that i found all right all right it was a good week for the book it was good week they got gotta get them back got, got gotta a lot. get them back got a lot from your boy got a boy got bad news for my kids on christmas this year <laughs> leon's gonna have a great christmas you still got a couple you, weeks you guys eh, hopefully santa claus comes through <laughs> hopefully santa takes care of you all right very good uh, don't forget again. Reserve your spot for what, what is it? Two eighty nine UFC two eighty nine. Two eighty two. Two eighty two. Yeah. Sure. Two eighty two on Saturday night. Right now. Email events at sportssocialmd.com. Thanks to Leon. Thanks to Aaron Oster. We will be back on Thursday with weekend at bookies. Get down to the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. May the odds be ever in your favor.